The Andy Griffith Show, starring Andy Griffith, with Ronnie Howard. Also starring Don Knotts. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Why, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, also known as the IPC, and we're broadcasting live right here on channel 1138.com, and also coming to you through the power of iTunes and Google Play, and yes, even StarWarsUnderworld.com, our proud partners over there, they let us uh, host our episodes as we create them and put them out and we appreciate them and you should definitely check them out and you should check out this show because we're doing it right now in your ears right now it's happening and we've got another awesome episode of you guys tonight i'm getting choked up i'm so excited but before we go any further of course introductions are in order let me tell you Who's on this show? What is all about? My name is Ben, and joining me, as he always does, is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Zach Arnold. Zach, what's going on? Oh, dude, I'm just really, really excited right now, and uh, I'm also a little high on caffeine, so it's going to be fun. And uh, we've got a really awesome show lined up tonight with a lot of really, really diverse uh, input yeah. Uh, it just just from what I've been looking at, just some initial impressions. This has got to be one of the most diverse uh, episodes we've ever done, and uh, we'll get more into that in just a little bit. But that excites me because we finally found a topic that's not like, you know, the general consensus is this. It's more like everybody has a different opinion, everybody has different thoughts on it, and has like. Some have really detailed explanations as to why. Some people just submitted it through hashtags on Twitter. And we get to talk about all of that tonight, along with some pretty interesting uh, movie and TV show news, along with uh, some some pretty awesome pieces of nostalgia. It's going to be a great night. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. And in case you haven't figured it out already... We're doing another top five episode tonight, guys, and uh, you guys love them. We love them. We keep doing them. We try to do one at least once a month because you guys demand it. And uh, the, tonight, we're going to be talking about our top five TV show intro themes. So anything you could possibly think of. There's so many classic television show themes and uh, so we're going to be breaking down, and as you said, so many options. Like, we've done a lot of different top fives over the years, and some of them are like, you know, Pixar. There's only so many Pixar movies. Like, there's a lot of repeats with things. There's so many options with this one. So you guys dropped a bomb on us, a Dude. ton of submissions, 
and it's great to see. So we're going to get through as many as we possibly can, hopefully all of them, before the night is over. Uh, yeah, we're, I, th- I think we can get all of them in. It's just uh, the, the more I, I look at it, the more I realize there's a lot of really great, awesome options out there. Mm-hmm. And you guys took advantage of literally all of them. Because I I I believe I I haven't counted for sure, but I want to say at least fifty different TV shows are represented tonight. I would not be surprised, and that's just amazing. That's just absolutely stunning. So I'm looking forward to talking about all of them. I'm looking forward to. Uh, discussing the ones that I do know or looking up the ones that I don't know. <laughs> you guys just sent so many awesome things our way, and we get to talk about all of them tonight. And mm. I I do not have the words to describe how excited I am to be talking about all of this tonight because the the more I look at it, the more I'm like, holy crap, how did I leave that one off my list? Or, I am the same way. I, or I'm looking at it going, man, that's one of your favorites out of everything that's out there? Really? But uh, here's here's one tidbit that I'm going to throw your way. And this may be a bombshell that's going to just drop everybody, like, dead right off the top. We're talking about, you know, either video intros or the music or something like that. This generation, I swear to you, there are so many people of our generation who know the entire rap to the intro to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> I guarantee you that there are several of you listening to this episode tonight. Out of all the submissions that we've gotten, it's like 20, 22 people, uh, not including us, and over, like I said, 50 shows represented, we only got one submission that had the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in their list. That is amazing. One. If that doesn't speak to the diversity of this episode, I don't know what will. Because it's a pretty freaking fantastic intro. It's, It's iconic for our generation. And yet only once is it mentioned this whole night. And we'll get to that. We'll get to all of those in just a bit here. But we do have some news that we need to tackle and kind of get out of the way, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them is probably the biggest bombshell of of movie news that was released. We're reporting this from Deadline.com, but it's coming from a lot of different places. I think Entertainment Weekly talked about it. I think ComicBook.com talked about it. It's just this is the article that we chose to talk about. But June 25th of 2021 is when Warner Brothers is expecting the next Batman movie. Now, there's been a lot of talk about Batman and, you know, if the Dark Knight really needs to make another appearance, and if he does, how so, etc., etc. But it has been confirmed that Ben Affleck is not donning the cape for this movie. Matt, Matt Reeves has been attached as the writer and director, and he was part of the team that confirmed that he is not coming back. So he's got credits in Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, and Justice League, and that's it. Ben Affleck is done. It's time for somebody else, apparently. But um, 
Apparently, this movie is supposed to focus on a younger Bruce Wayne, and that's right. why you're not going to have, you know, Mr. Salt and Pepper donning the suit this time. But uh, there's been some people that are actually calling for us to go a little bit older as opposed to a, a younger Batman. And Ben, I wanted to ask you about this specifically. You know. First, what are your thoughts uh, on, you know, the news about Affleck's uh, non-expected return? And then what is your opinion on the social media outcry to get Michael Keaton back in the mask in a setup for Batman Beyond with an older Bruce Wayne at the helm? Uh, both options intrigue me, but to have Keaton back actually excites me more than the idea of, of doing a younger Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I first of all, with, with Affleck, like, uh, we've, we've talked about... You know, we've talked about Affleck, Batfleck, as he's called. Um, <laughs> we've talked about BVS. We've talked about, Bat, you know, uh, Justice League. Like, it's it's very, I have very mixed feelings on all the DCU mu- movies, except for maybe Aquaman. I think that one was really stellar. That one um, was and, my and, favorite. And, and Wonder Woman was good, too. I, I, I think that one, some, I sometimes forget, like, that was in the DCU, too. It was really good, too. So, like, and... It's a shame because I think a lot of people were really up on Ben Affleck as Batman after after freaking out as the internet does with new castings of classic characters. The internet kind of did a one eighty and said, "Hey, this guy's actually really good at this," and said, "Hey, this might be even the be the best Batman." And some people still believe that. Um, and I'm not necessarily you know staking a claim in that, but I do think he was really good as Bruce Wayne and Batman, and he was a standout part of both BBS and Justice League. Even though I've have, you know, feelings that are like, you know, I, I think both those movies are really mixed bags. I think he's like a gem in those. Like he like I, I still say, you know, in the kind of the, the train wreck that is Batman v Superman, there's a really good Batman movie in there. And I enjoyed all the Batman stuff in that movie. And it was a lot to do with Ben Affleck. So it's sad. It really is sad to see him go so soon. I think so much, you know, promise, so much, you know, I don't know. It's 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 hard to describe as far as what could have been and what was and what we didn't get and what we did get. And it's just, it's just overall it's just kind of bummed that, you know, now he's just stepping away. It's like he could be one of the most talented actors to ever put on that mask. Like, Ben Affleck is an extremely talented guy, and it's a shame that he was not really given that good of material to work with and to move forward. But I think this is maybe a good way to go with a younger thing since they established Ben Affleck as being kind of this older Batman. Go back in time, do some younger stuff in, I don't know, you know, period piece or whatever. I don't know, what, the 80s, 90s, 2000s? I don't know how old Bruce Wayne's supposed to be in, in the new films, but this whole thing with Michael Keaton, now I'm not overly familiar with with Batman Beyond and that whole thing, but I know that sounds really cool, I know it's like set in the future, older Batman, new guy comes up, I, that sounds really interesting, and I, I hope maybe, I don't know, I, maybe you can do that, maybe if you're going younger, you know, you can have another actor doing younger. Maybe you could do older Batman after Affleck would be Michael Keaton. Or just, I don't know, do uh, do a sequel to the original movies, the, you know, the 80s movies, the Tim Burton. Like, 
they could do that too. I think people would go absolutely insane if they got Michael Keaton back to do Batman again. That would be amazing. Um, and I hope they do it one day. I really do. I would be interested to see what they do and how they do it because with his return to the big screen in in comics as the Vulture over in the MCU, Keaton's kind of making a name for himself again, which is pretty cool. Um, and so I'd be interested to see what um, what they would do with, with a, an older Bruce Wayne played by Michael Keaton. I mean, I think he could still do it. And I think you could definitely get, like, enough stunt doubles to put on the mask and do some really cool flips and then give him the close-ups as an older Bruce Wayne. Like, that's that's super easy to do. They did it with um, Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Like, Heck, I mean, yeah, like, you know, 10, 15 years ago they were doing Christ- – Christopher Lee was, you know, Count Dooku doing all <clears throat> kinds of crazy stuff and even in Lord of the Rings. And – you know, still, you know, he can only do so much, but they got, right. you know, CGI doubles and stuff like that. And now even more so, they can just put someone, you know, I've seen even they do like, like masks that, that, that stunt actors perform. So, you know, at a distance, you can't actually tell it's them and it's no CGI. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with an idea like that. Um, it would just need to be a really good story. You know, it would, it would need to be a prominent enough villain to be able to actually bring him back. You know, it would have to be somebody that's like part of his past or something like that. You couldn't have, you know, Bane or Man Bat or something like that. You know, you couldn't have some some secondary villain. You would really need like a really intimidating presence. But I don't think you could get Nicholson back as the Joker, although that would be pretty cool. That's um, that I'm saying that's what I was thinking. Like, I'm not saying that'll happen. I'm not saying that it would even be good, <laughs> but that but I think would, people that would still people show up would, just to see it. Oh yeah, if you say, "Oh, it's Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson back as the Batman and the Joker, respectively," you know, you're getting butts in seats. Like well, that would be, if, and if you, you got know, make billion, <laughs> and if if you got Michelle Pfeiffer to come back as Catwoman, oh boy, and do like the same thing where she's got a stunt double, but you give her the close-ups with Keaton. Like basically, your Force Awakens in it. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're bringing uh, back the original cast. Uh, yeah, but then you would have to have like a Nightwing and a Robin and people like that, so that you were able to pass the torch to them. And now you're coming into the whole, who do you cast for that? Because Joseph Gordon-Levitt did it in The Dark Knight Rises, supposedly. So right. do you bring JGL back into it, or do you get somebody else for it? Is it supposed to connect to that universe? Is it supposed to be separate? Like. I get it why they want to hire somebody younger and keep it within the DCEU, but at the same time, eventually you have to acknowledge the stuff that was a success. Yeah, and we don't even, I I don't even know if this is going to be set in the DCEU. Like, for example, the new Joker movie with um, Joaquin Phoenix. Not, apparently not in the DCEU or whatever they're calling it now. Dude. So, which is, it kind of sucks to be honest because I'm like, you're trying to build up this universe, but you're just doing these one-off movies. It's, in a way, it's a benefit because they could just do whatever they want and they don't have to worry about, you know, if it fits into the timeline. But at the same time, now they're going to be jumping around and if they're going back to, I don't know, the early, how, I don't know how old Bruce Wayne in Batman v Superman is supposed to be and how 
far down do you age him? Like I, I saw one report that said like they're trying to cast him like in his maybe maybe in his twenties, and like the studio was kind of wanting someone in their thirties. So like, how do you do that? And like, how does it connect to the early? Because like he can't meet Superman before that. Like Superman can't be around because he only shows up in this modern time. And right. by the time Superman gets there, he's already old. So like, I don't know how you do that. So basically, you're just faced with just doing a Batman movie, and you know, and yeah. it's a shame because Affleck never got that. He deserved his own Batman movie. He deserved his own solo movie. He never got it, and he's out now. Before he can even get it, which sucks because I think he would have killed it in that movie. I would have been really interested to see who they got as the primary villain. That's the that's the thing. That's that's the thing that I'm really curious about on on this entire front is if you did get Keaton and 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 brought him back, who would the villain be? If you're not doing that, and you're going with somebody younger, who will the villain be? Who is your antagonist in this situation? You you've used up a lot of them with your with your previous incarnations, your previous iterations. Who's going to be the antagonist in this Batman movie? I don't know. The only ones that you really haven't used are people like the Scarecrow or the Riddler or Mister Freeze or somebody like that. And really, a lot of those characters have been used up in Gotham too. So right. there's always going to be some sort of comparison drawn. Oh, this Joker doesn't remind me of this Joker, or they're rebooting the Joker again, or you know this this Riddler wasn't even as good as the Jim Carrey one from twenty years ago. Like, there's always gonna be some kind of comparison that gets drawn, and I'm just curious, like how they're going to make this antagonist distinct in a Batman standalone movie. Yeah, yeah, it just it'll be interesting to see like how how they want to set up like they've got they don't have much established with you know they have him he's got a dead robin apparently <laughs> and you know robin's dead maybe maybe go back and establish that relationship well okay but there's also several different iterations of robin yeah we don't know which robin right i don't think right i, I did that may have been confirmed and i just didn't see it but I, I don't think we know and even so like it's not really in the movie so they could just retcon it right that's ugh. Okay, I'm done talking about this because it's depressing me. <laughs> it is. It's again, again. It's sad. I think we want the DCEU to succeed. I saw Aquaman. I was really excited to see that. We were all excited. Oh, I loved Aquaman. That like it was a really great step in the right direction. And Shazam looks great. And well, Wonder Woman 1984 looks great. Well, and what? Nothing. Continue. <laughs> I know what you said. Um. <laughs> anyway. I have high hopes for the future, and I don't know. We've got another little t- news tidbit here. I guess we can move on to that now. Yeah, it it's, like it's, it we're, could keep, be. we're keeping with the DC universe over here. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'll put it this way. I'm probably more hopeful for this movie than I am for the Batman movie. Yeah, and I was not expecting to be <laughs> because I Suicide Squad, the first one, not my cup of tea. I'm kind sorry. of a kind of a cluster. Yeah. At the time, I thought it was the best DC movie to date, but that's because it was going up against Batman v Superman and Man of Steel. Well, you weren't the only ones. I'm gonna won a freaking Oscar. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> oh man, that was a slow year for movies, apparently. Oh man. Yeah. 
But the Suicide Squad is making a return, and at the helm of this movie, it's been rumored for a long time, but now it's been confirmed by Warner Brothers. The anti-heroes are going to be helmed by none other than Guardians of the Galaxy director, James Gunn. I'm actually pretty excited about this, because the Suicide Squad had a very similar but somewhat darker vibe than Guardians of the Galaxy did. When I watched Guardians, it was very light and and joke-filled and hopeful. There was some pretty dark humor and, and just some dark thematic elements in Suicide Squad. But one thing that they both did pretty well, in my mind, was they had a pretty good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So... I'm sitting here hoping that one of the elements that Gunn's able to bring over is not just the thematic elements where it's a little bit more lighthearted, but also the musical component where you've got another really, really solid soundtrack to go with your really solid movie. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like James Gunn's the perfect choice for this. I feel like... Suicide Squad I, in and of itself, you. in and of itself, was kind of riffing on Guardians a little bit. With, to a degree, you know this this wild cast of characters, misfits, and they're rocking out to some you know cool oldies, and they're running around doing crazy stuff. Like that's kind of Guardians. Like you, and I know it's not necessarily having like pop music or especially old pop music in your movie is not necessarily an original idea. James Gunn didn't invent that. But I feel like no, he, but he definitely perfected it. He perfected it, and he made it a thing where if that ever happens in a movie, probably from now on, especially nowadays, people are like, "Oh, they're doing the Guardians of the Galaxy thing." People just do it, not even thinking about it, because you know, Guardians just cornered the market on that style. And I think, being that almost that they took you know some liberties and took maybe something from Guardians, you can actually bring him back around and have him do it. I feel like he may even be a better fit. I saw some people talking about this online. He may be even a better fit for Suicide Squad than Guardians. Maybe. And I think he was a perfect fit for, for, for Guardians, but I feel like he, I don't know, it just, I think his sensibilities may translate really, really well with this. And I don't know, I, I know he's had a lot of trouble. You know, I know there's a whole controversy there. I still think he's an incredible creator, an incredible visionary, and I think he's going to bring a lot to this movie. I agree. I I don't have any I don't have any arguments to that. I don't have any counterpoint to that. I I feel like his style, his humor uh is actually probably more along the lines of what you would expect from the Suicide Squad anyways. And so uh, it's it, it's entirely possible that that, that could be one of the uh, one of the things that, that makes it such uh, a success. I'm, I'm hoping it's a success because I feel like the Suicide Squad laid a, a good foundation with a really good cast of characters. The story was just lacking. So if Affleck has control over what's going to be coming out of this movie, not just, you know, saying, okay, here's what they want and here's how I'm going to do it, but he's, uh, if, if he's working on the script and the screenplay as well, then he's got a pretty heavy influence in all of the creative properties of this movie, 
which gives it a really, really solid chance at being something pretty awesome. Right, right. And I just think, I don't know, I think he's, and this is kind of, I kind of predicted this. I'm not patting myself on the back because I think a lot of people thought the same thing, was, you know, Disney fires him, and then it's like, oh, go over to D.C., yeah, you know, like that. That, that, that like was a natural choice. <clears throat> that wasn't a surprise to me by any stretch of the imagination. Like, as soon as I found out he wasn't at Marvel anymore, I was like, "Oh, it's only a matter of time before he's at DC." I'm like, serious. I'm serious. The, I I'm going to make a prediction here. I think the next Suicide Squad movie will be more successful than the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. How do you define that success? Are you talking about box office? I'm talking numbers? about money, monetary wise. Okay. Okay. Money wise. So you're I'm not look, you're not looking at the you're not looking at the tomato meter or the critics reviews. You're talking about strictly at the box office. Strictly at the box office. I think I don't know. I think I just think a combined I think confidence in the Guardians franchise is going to be severely lessened. Yeah. And it's just been tainted because of the whole controversy. Most people probably won't even notice that James Gunn is gone. But there's a lot of hardcore movie fans that know about it and are like I'm not as excited about that movie. Even I'm sitting here going, I'm not I'm not as excited as, as I would be if it wasn't for James Gunn being involved. And now I'm excited about Suicide Squad too. And that's not something I was expecting to be because that's for Suicide Squad a movie, as I said, just it just it was just all over the place. It was just kinda it was it, it, I think it's the most meh <laughs> of the whole thing. As wild and, and wacky as it is, it just didn't do anything for me and I feel like this one could really be good also really quick it's called apparently the suicide squad so is this is it even a a sequel is it a reboot I don't understand so I've heard rumors that it might be a reboot and if that's the case then it's a completely new cast completely new story and he's taking it a completely new direction which honestly I don't think I'd be too opposed to that either that's probably not a bad idea, even though it's weird because they're coming out with Birds of Prey, which just got a teaser trailer, I don't know if you saw. I did see um, that. It was kind of lame. Like, not wasn't much to it. Yeah. Not going to lie. Like, the only thing that I really noticed was, like, Harley Quinn's hammer, and that's about it. And I was like, oh, okay, That's cool. the only thing that makes me think this is actually a sequel, because they're continuing on with Harley Quinn. But Harley Quinn doesn't have to be in it, necessarily. It could be new characters. It could be new members of the squad. And who's to say Margot Robbie just... You know, I I feel like she was one of the better casting choices in that movie. If you're mm. if you're gonna bring anybody over, you might as well bring her back. She was she was genuinely great. I think I think she kind of held it together for what was worth. Um, I think I, I don't know maybe I don't know why they would call it the Suicide Squad after having just Suicide Squad. I don't know what the logic there is. I don't even know if maybe that's speculation. Maybe that's not even the title. I don't know, but. You know, overall, I think this is a good move. I think this is heading in the right direction. I think we could. I think James Gunn, general. I mean, he's he's produced a lot of good stuff. I'm sure he's produced some not so good stuff, but most of the time, he is a guy that gets stuff done and really is a crowd pleaser. Yep. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Is he knows his audience and he knows how to make them happy, and he goes out and he executes really, really well. So I'm I'm curious to see, you know, if we ever end up doing like top five DC movies or something like that, will Gunn's Suicide Squad 
be up there for people. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I feel I, I, I feel like it's it's not it's not a it's it's a good fit instead of and maybe it's not like maybe it's too good of a fit. Maybe they could have picked someone just out of the box, outside the box, whatever, but I feel like this is the right move that they need right now. They need someone confident. People are going to go see it because it's got James Gunn's name on it, and they're probably going to be pleased with what they see. I'm pretty sure I will be, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, when does that come out? Was it? I think it's. I think it's also a a, a 2021 release. Hopefully, so, yeah, 2121 so, for that. So, so we're looking at we're looking at we're looking at the Batman and Suicide Squad coming out in the same year. That should be interesting. That's could be a big year. Hopefully, when we <laughs> could have said the same year, same about what was it two years ago? We got um, did the Suicide Squad Wonder, come out in the same year? Wonder as, Woman, Wonder Woman, and uh, and Justice League came out in the same year. Yeah, and uh, we had we had high hopes for that, and uh, okay, well. Oh well, well you know we I, we enjoyed Wonder Woman far more than we enjoyed Justice League. I'll put it that way. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And and, and like I said, I want to enjoy all of them going forward. I want I want to be able to enjoy all of them. So oh. DC, please do us right. We're we're begging you do something right for once. <laughs> it's like a, it's like that it's like that Charlie Brown holiday special. Do something right for a change, Charlie Brown. Such a blockhead. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, DC is the Charlie Brown of comic book movies. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. <laughs> Charlie Brown is running Warner Brothers. Oh man, that's that's a great comparison. Oh, I'm terrible. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we we've got some stuff to talk about other than this. We really do. We we've been talking about these little tidbits of news for almost a half hour here, and and we haven't even gotten to the to the meat and potatoes of the night, which is. Top five TV intros slash themes. Here's the thing. I have a hard time, like, quantifying slash qualifying this because it's so interpretive. And this was something that I was talking about with my parents before the show was, you know, before, say, 1980, all the shows from, like, the 40s through 80s were practically a ballad. You know, there were a yeah. lot of older TV shows that had, like, full songs in there that were, like, telling the story of the main character. Like, let's just use the Beverly Hillbillies, for example. You know, they've got this whole song talking about how he struck oil and how he's a millionaire and how yeah. he's got to move. And he took his whole family out to Beverly Hills and now they're the Beverly Hillbillies. Like, there was there was an entire, like section of television back in the day where it was like a song that gave you like a prelude to what was going on and then you had some classics like Gunsmoke and the Rifleman you know though those old westerns that just sounded super adventurous and out on the frontier and things like that and then you had some that had opening monologues like Star Trek where you know you just hear space the final frontier and all of a sudden, you know you're getting ready for an adventure. So it's really, really hard to like look at this objectively. And I'm glad that we're not. Like This is all very, very subjective. And it actually proved really, really hard for a lot of people because 
like some people listed seven, some people listed nine. Like you guys do not know how to go by the rules. Like not uh, that we really we, have rules. We ask you top five, and then people like Kevin send us seven, and I'm like, okay, Kevin, we'll list off all seven to be nice to you, but that wasn't the way it was supposed to go. But, you know, it, it's all in good fun. We, we get to look at a whole slew of really, really awesome stuff. And we're going to lead it off with, uh, with our patrons because mm-hmm. we, we do that with every top five episode. The people that financially contribute to the show and, uh, and who send us a top five list. We're not going to, like, go and, and ask you for it, like, specifically. But hopefully you see enough of our prompts to be able to send stuff in. Um our friend Joey sends us this list, and, and uh, we've had Joey on the show a few times before. We need to have him back on soon, but mm-hmm. um, he says that, that his one, he says, this is going to be tough, in all caps. Uh, <laughs> he lists number five as the real Ghostbusters, and here's the cool thing. He attached, like, YouTube links so that we can go and listen to all of these. Unfortunately, if we tried to listen to, like, every single theme song, we'd be here all night because <laughs> like i said about 50 different shows are represented here it's crazy That's uh a great list number four is the simpsons which has been around forever and has had a lot of different variations i think but they're all visual variants the music has stayed pretty much the same over the last like 20 30 years i think so that's a really good one he says number three is teenage mutant ninja turtles number two is friends and checking in at number one game of thrones nice that's a really solid list it's got some really cool variety it's got some sitcoms it's got some action it's got some cartoon uh it's got some fantasy and those are those are all it's all over the place but they're all really good that's a that's a great list joey thank you for sending that in that is Great, great list. Okay, next up, we've got our good buddy, Daniel Georgiev, a.k.a. the Dan Grievous from YouTube. And uh, he's, he's other places. He doesn't live on YouTube, he, he, but he, he primarily congregates on YouTube. Um, he, uh, he said in his list, of course, he's also a great patron of ours. He says his number five is X-Men, the animated series. Number four is Parks and Recreation. And, that's a good one. And then he says number three, Game of Thrones. Number two, Beast Wars. Beast Wars. I'm not familiar with this. Are you? Uh, not off the top of my head, but I'm gonna do a quick search. Yeah, I'm not saying. And of course, number one, surprise, surprise, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Uh, I have a hard time justifying that because it's a variant of like the original theme music, and it only lasts like all of 15 seconds. I don't care. I don't care. Oh, man. Somebody may have just tipped his hand. Uh, They look like Transformers. It's a a Transformers series. I think I'm familiar with this. I think I've seen this before, yeah. I think I have, too, now that I'm seeing some of the images. It's just, it didn't click with me. But seriously, one of the Transformers has a a T-Rex head for an arm. Oh, wow. So, like, that's pretty cool. That is cool. Wow. That is really cool. Okay. Uh, if you want to be a patron of the program so that you get top billing whenever we do these top five episodes, then you can go sign up at patron.podbean.com forward slash IPC podcast. 
A big thanks to Joey and Dan for sending stuff in, and thank you to our other patrons, Jake Damon, Rachel Perry, and Parker Ott. You guys help keep us going, and we appreciate it a lot. So uh, if you want to receive top billing and be a part of some really awesome exclusive benefits, we're also working on like a new prize system that we like literally just started talking about today. But basically, the more patrons we have, the more stuff we're going to end up giving away. We just haven't decided what stuff that's going to be yet. But if you are a patron and you're signed up, then you are automatically eligible. So uh, go get yourself some top billing on these top fives. Uh, maybe if you're free, we can actually have you on the show for these top fives as well. That would be pretty cool. You can find out all the information for that at patron.podbean, pod as in podcast, bean like green bean, patron.podbean.com forward slash IPC podcast. Moving on to the members of the Peacekeeper Corps. That's a special group that we've got that's actually affiliated with this patron system. Most of our patrons, if not all of them, are in that group among some other hardcore listeners who have been uh, with us pretty much since day one. One of those being Robin Glader, a long, long time listener uh, Mm -hmm. who sends us this list at number five, (laughs) gives, gives the addendum, I've only seen a couple of episodes of this, never got into it, but I love the theme song. (laughs) I, I, by the way, I'm going to say the same thing about a couple of mine. Interesting. So, tease, tease. Very interesting. Uh, Only seen a couple episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but checks in at number five nonetheless. Number four, Justice League Unlimited. Number three, Stranger Things. I'm Uh, so excited for that show to be coming back this July, by the way. Stranger Things. Number two, The X-Files. And number one, no surprise, big, big time Whovian here. Probably one of the biggest Whovians in our group. Doctor Who clocks in at number one. Now, big question here. Which one? Uh, Which Doctor Who? See, we, we get many. We, we get some. We get some specifications from other listeners. I would probably think it's some of the newer stuff, like maybe the the Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi type. But I can't say for sure. Not gonna. I not... really, I really like the the, the Eccleston. I did too. I, like I did too. Uh, the the whole adding of the lightning bolts and that kind of things just uh-huh. i it, it, it was it was a little off-putting but i get it because it's like a changing of the guard change the regime change the music whatever but uh our alternate intro we actually had an alternate intro made that was set to the tune of the eccleston tenant doctor who music you're right i remember that it's been a long wow. time since we've discussed yeah, doctor who on this wow. show i think both of us kind of Started going different directions as far as our interests go, but uh, I still have a soft spot for David Tennant. I really do. I I really really I enjoyed need, his. I need stuff. to go back. I need to go back. It's been a while. But it that has. Was talk watching the show back in the day, especially early episodes of IPC, and talking about it was a heck of a lot of fun. So well, I, I remember. I, just, I remember. Uh, for my birthday a few years back, we discussed the season premiere that introduced Peter Capaldi to the Doctor Who universe. Yeah, it's funny. I hadn't even caught up at that point. Still not. <laughs> but <laughs> I watched two Capaldi season premieres um, back in the day. It was the Don't Breathe one, and there was the one where he was guitaring on a tank. Um, so, Oh, yeah, yeah I remember was, that, that was some, some good stuff, some good stuff. I do remember that, unfortunately. Uh, I'm okay, just, I'm so... I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, next up, we've got our good buddy, Chris Abbott, of course, Star Raptor, another great YouTuber. He 
says number five, Firefly. Ooh, Firefly. Ooh. Um, number four, SpongeBob SquarePants. Are you ready, kids? Sorry, I had to do the captain. And number three is The Clone Wars. Number two, Doctor Who again. And number one, Game of Thrones. Oh man, I <laughs> I just got a little touch of nostalgia just by thinking of Firefly's theme. Oh man, so good. Like, oh man, if there was ever like a a opportunity for a true animated TV series to continue the adventures of a live action series, I would want it to be Firefly. And I would oh, yeah, totally. and I would want them to use the exact same theme. Don't change yeah, it up. Don't don't you dare change it. Don't change it up. Don't remix it. Don't touch it. Just copy, paste. That's it. That's all we need. And I would I would love to get, you know, as many of the original cast members back for that if you could. Just stick them in a booth and let them have fun with it. But oh my gosh. I miss Firefly, dude. I miss it a lot. We all do. We all do. Well, we do have another peacekeeper who uh, who sent some stuff into us, but we're actually going to save him for last because he's the one that gave us the idea to do this episode in the first place. So uh, we're going to give him like a special shout-out at the end of the show. So if you're listening, you know who you are. Stay tuned. We're going to give you some special love at the tail end of the program. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but we're going to move over to the Twitterverse now. We actually, I think, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but this may be the most Twitter submissions we've ever gotten for a top five. I think so. This is, you guys on Twitter, you love this. The, the you tw- loved it, says there was a lot of people that I'd never seen interact with us before get on there. Some Even some friends of mine who I, I don't know if you guys listen or not, but I'm glad you sent in some lists. Well, maybe you have an incentive to listen now because we're actually exactly. discussing your lists. That's the beauty of these top five episodes is people will listen to the show, but then when you get to interact with them and you, like, list off their stuff and you talk about it and you, like, give them a shout-out, it's all like, oh, my gosh, my favorite podcast just talked about me. Or, oh, my gosh, my 12th favorite podcast just talked about me. I don't know. Like, <laughs> dude, seriously, you, you were listing off your podcast playlist the other day, and I was like, holy crap, if you weren't on IPC, where the heck would IPC rank on your podcasting playlist? <laughs> Because you listen to some quality it's not, stuff. It's not a ranking. It's just an order uh, in which I listen to them. Okay, I, okay. I, I love all my podcasts equally. Okay, okay. Well, this submission <laughs> this submission comes from Augen Squared by the, by the username A-U-G-E-N underscore two. It says, wild mix for me in no specific order. Knight Rider, the A-Team, Game of Thrones, Black Sails, and Magnum P.I. Love it. That's a solid list. Like, not gonna lie. It's got a lot of variety. It's got some classic stuff to it. Knight Rider's actually a really awesome theme. Have you ever heard the Knight Rider theme? I think I have. I asked somebody one time, probably like a year ago, I made like a Facebook post that was like, if I was... I think it was I think it was for my my baseball walk-up music. It was during baseball season. And I asked people, what would my baseball walk-up song be if I was like a professional baseball player? And some people suggested like different theme songs related to shows that I enjoy. 
Some people suggested just... That would be my pick. Just troll people as you're walking up to the plate. But somebody actually suggested Knight Rider, and I listened to it, and I was like, holy crap, that's actually pretty relatable. Yeah, heck yeah, I would walk up to that. So I, I don't know, man. That's a that's a really great list. And then, of course, we've got to have runner-ups. <laughs> Um, we got we got Star Trek: The Next Generation, True Blood, and Batman: The Animated Series. So actually, we got eight there, and uh, and then we on the flip side, we only got one from our friend Katie, who says <laughs> anyone who doesn't vote for the Pokemon theme is a liar. So, um, is, technically it's... speaking, technically speaking, Katie did not submit a list. No, she didn't. Therefore, she didn't vote for the Pokemon theme. Therefore, she is calling herself a liar. Ooh. I'm just throwing it out there. Love you, Katie. I'm sorry. Oh, man. Where'd the sun go? Because there's a whole bunch of shade right now. Oh. <laughs> but it, that's the cool thing. I guess thing. it counts. That's the cool thing I'm... about this show is we can go anywhere from eight submissions to one submission. And I I don't know. We're We're just out here having fun. So... It's fun to see the diversity involved. Although I'm only giving credit to Magnum PI, Black Sails, Game of Thrones, the A Team, and Knight Rider. Just saying. When the, when the final tallies come in, <laughs> I'm not counting the Bat- Batman the Animated Series or True Blood or TNG. Just putting that out there. Yeah. Uh, who have we got next from the Twitterverse? I think it's Emily. Is it not? Yes, we have Miss Emily Lynn, a good friend of mine. And she says, and I'm just going to read them from top to bottom, but she didn't put numbers on them. She says, The Twilight Zone, The Ooh. Sopranos, The Muppet Show, The X-Files, a lot of thes in there, and last but not least, Tailspin. Okay. Okay. That's a good I, one. I loved it. Yeah, I remember that one. It's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights. Oh, Muppet. Oh, jeez. Muppet Show is, it, that's the best. It's the Muppet Show! Yeah! See, I I have like 15 different ones on my quote-unquote list right Dude. now that I have to... <laughs> Dude, okay, so I, I guess I'm going to do a little sidebar here right now. because I, di- I didn't know when the appropriate time would be for this, but I, I just got to say, this has to be one of the hardest decisions I've had to make for top fives before. It's, it's really, really one of the hardest decisions because I watch a lot of TV, okay? More than I care to admit. And I enjoy the theme music as much as I enjoy the show itself. I really and truly do. Like, I started doing this comparison over a year ago to see if I could, like, notice the similarities between the shows that I enjoy and the theme music that I enjoy. And out of all of them, I only found one TV show where I don't care for the theme song, but I do like the show. Literally every other one of my favorite TV series, I also enjoy the intro. And so it's it was really, really hard because I like a lot of TV, and I apparently like a lot of TV intros. That, um, that option on Netflix to skip the intro, I've never pushed it. It's I've funny never... How- Never it's funny pushed how, it. Re- really quick, I just want to point out something. You notice how modern TV shows, especially ones that are on TV, have gotten away from the standard TV intros. But Netflix brought it back. 
yeah, Netflix did. has been the one to like, nah, nah, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have all these Marvel shows, whatever. They have interest. You can skip them if you want, but they're there. Yep. And I love that they've kind of repopularized that because it's been so. And you can understand like it takes up airtime. Like they could be telling you part of the story instead of. Right you know going through the thing but like it really sets the mood for the show and it really is a part of it and you miss it when it's not there well yeah i i mean i'm looking at it right now and some of those some of those things that you're talking about like daredevil for example i love the daredevil theme it's it's awesome like the visuals combined with the ominous music is just fantastic side note it did not make it into my top five but i really really love it and i came really really close to listing it but I mean, holy crap, I'm looking at this list, and I've got YouTube links attached to all of them. Like, here's here's another one that didn't make the list, but I feel like if I did a top 25 or a top 10, I, it, w- it would show up. Um, Monk. Do you remember the TV show Monk? Oh, yeah. With Tony Shalhoub as the as the ace detective, and... just won a what is it a, a, a Screen Actors Guild award the oh, other day. Man, he's fantastic, and I loved him as Adrian Monk. And they had two different themes. They they switched it to Randy Newman's "It's a Jungle Out There" by like season two or three, but both of them were awesome, and I I loved it. The, there's a new show on Fox called The Orville. I love the Orville's theme song. And I mm-hmm. and I enjoy and I enjoy the show as well, and the Orville reminds me of Star Trek Voyager, another TV show that I really enjoy the intro to, and didn't make the list. <laughs> wow! Like holy crap! There's so much good stuff out there. And then here's one. This is a Netflix show. I never skip the intro for this. I'm so sad that the final episodes are out. I'm I'm actually so sad that I haven't even watched the finale yet even though our friend Mondo has been like talking to me about it. And he's like, dude, those last 12 minutes really did a number on me. I was like, shut up, shut up, shut up. But, uh, have you ever heard of, uh, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Yes. Yeah. Haven't seen it, but I've heard it. <clears throat> it's got one of the best modern intros I've ever heard. It's like, it's like a rap, but it's not, it's, it's so hard to describe. You kind of have to just watch it, but it's catchy. It's super catchy, and it gets stuck in your head really, really easily. And so then you come up with the question of how do you actually quantify what a good theme song is or a, or a good intro is? Is it a ballad like the Beverly Hillbillies? Is it catchy like Kimmy Schmidt? Is it instrumentals like Star Trek Voyager? Is it an original composition like Randy Newman? You know, there, there's so many different routes you can go, and they're all awesome. Yeah, it is. Okay, uh, I don't think I gave away anything about what's on my list. I just told you what's <laughs> not there. So now you can kind of do process of elimination and maybe a couple of lucky guesses, but we'll get to ours later. Let's go back. Uh, our friend Kevin Davis, who I mentioned a little while ago, sent us seven, but I'm only giving credit for five. At number seven, he says, Star Trek, the original series, it introduced my love of sci-fi in the 80s. Uh, number six, Psych, which is another great detective show. It I was, love that show. It was it was like uh it was like a almost a competition for Monk. I kept waiting for them to do a crossover episode, and I don't think they ever did. But uh, I think they made a reference to Adrian Monk at one point. I think they went to like San Francisco, and they're like, "Oh, one of our detectives is alphabetizing the 
the something in the in the in the conference room or something like that. That sounds and, uh, like something they would do. And so they they made a reference to him at one point. But uh, at number five, Star Trek Enterprise. Number four, Frasier. Number three, Quantum Leap. Number two, Mash. And number one, the Andy Griffith Show. He said, "I decided to do one from each decade from the last fifty-ish years." Kevin, those are some pretty awesome selections. They are. That was a great. That's a great list. That's really a is. that's a really great list. I I love Frasers, even though the theme is at the end of the show instead of at the beginning. You know, they they kind of play it during the end credits. It's still a theme, and there's actually a really cool story behind the Frasier theme. Um, due to uh, naming rights and things like that, I don't think they could actually use the word um, Frasier in the song. Really. And uh, I don't know why, but they couldn't use the word uh, psychiatrist or psychiatry in the song either. And so the words go something along the lines of, hey, baby, I hear the blues a calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. And the reason for that is because he he, he was on a uh, psychiatry talk radio program on the show. Right. Right, and so when he's talking about the blues of calling, he's talking about his callers that have the blues and are calling into his show. Oh, that's clever. <laughs> the toss, <laughs> the toss salads that. and scrambled eggs is a reference to two, you know, mixed up food groups, and it's another reference to the people that have, you know, mental instabilities or problems and are calling into his show. Wow. So they got That's really deep, way deeper song than I realized. They got really, really creative with it and did a pretty good job. But yeah, I don't think Frazier gets much love in uh, in the rest of the night. So I just kind of wanted to give him a quick shout out, but also make a quick note that Kevin listed Star Trek Enterprise and Quantum Leap, arguably the two best Scott Bakula renditions we've ever gotten. <laughs> there are some people that still subscribe to the theory that. Um, Star Trek Enterprise is just one four-season-long Quantum Leap mission. Love it. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I I kind of want to subscribe to that theory because it's so separate from everything else that happens in the Star Trek universe. But I I don't know. I really I really like the Enterprise theme. It's, uh, it's so different from everything else that we've gotten because most of the other ones have, like, some opening monologue – and then, or or, or or they're just music, you know? Right, right. Enterprise is a song that's, uh, I think it's Russell Watson. And the song is called uh, Faith of the Heart. Hmm. And it's all about, um, it's all about exploratory. It's about, uh, it, it's, it's about uh, having faith that, that you're going to, you're going to go where your dreams are taking you. And it's really cool. It's it's really, really cool. Uh, perform No, Russell Watson is a song written by Diane Warren and performed by Rod Stewart. Uh, performed by English tenor Russell Watson as the theme song to Star Trek Enterprise. Okay, so I think the song Faith of the Heart was originally a Rod Stewart song, and then Watson did a cover of it for Enterprise. Wow. Anyways, it's it's a really unique... It's a really, really unique song, and I actually played it at my high school graduation. Wow. 
<laughs> That's amazing. And yet, I don't think that made it into my top five. Even wow. even with the even with the nostalgia attached to it, I'm telling now, you, man. Now I'm curious what's in your top five. I'm telling you, man. It it was one of the hardest lists I've ever had to make. That's I didn't realize this was going to be so hard. It's hard for me too. I'm still working on my list. By the you're way, still, you're as still you're narrowing talking, it as you're as talking. We talk. I'm like I'm like and this goes here. I'm not sure about this. I'm uh, I've got let's see. I've got four on my list now and then i've got a bunch of like maybes you got a whole so, bunch of possibilities so maybe by the there. time we get there in like 20 minutes or so hopefully <laughs> okay so if i'm being honest i'm actually going to give one honorable mention so if you want to give an honorable mention i'm cool with that um yeah sure we can you want to do that now real quick oh you want to do it now oh, i was no I was no, gonna... no no we can do it later I'm, yeah I, you know I, no, would... I, was, I was just gonna let me like okay here's my honorable mention the one that just quite didn't make the cut and then here's my actual five I'm going to have, like, ten honorable mentions, by the way, but I'll have to pick one. <laughs> oh, man, that makes me feel better. Now I can have a few honorable mentions myself. Well, let's get to ours, and by getting to ours, we have to get to everyone else's. Yep, yep very and true. And the next one on the list is from Master Bear Jedi, at Master Bear Jedi, which I love that handle. Um, number five for him is, or, or, or she, I, I don't know. Um, number five is Battlestar Galactica, the sci-fi UK version. Number four, Gargoyles. Number three, Gummy Bears. Number two, Game of Thrones. And number one, Charmed, the original series. Again, a lot of diversity. Yeah, I, all I, over the place. I, I don't think Gummy Bears gets mentioned anywhere else in this entire series. So he's got, I mean, gu- he's got Gummy Bears right next to Game of Thrones. Uh, Come on. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't really get much different than that. I'll put it that way. Oh, man, that's that's a, a huge jump between that three and the two. Man. But, again, that's the cool thing about this is the diversity involved in how you go about the selection process. I'm, I would be really curious to see how we got from Gargoyles to Game of Thrones, you know, or from Battlestar Galactica to Charmed. Like, uh, like that that's the beauty of watching so much television is the diversity involved in the selection process. It's cool. Okay. Uh, bubbles, Bugatti. <laughs> bubbles, Bugatti. It's a great name. I, I have no complaints whatsoever. I'm actually kind of jealous to be honest at bubbles, B G G A I D Y. Take that as you will. Bubbles, Bugatti. Uh, there is no list for this. There's no like order, so I'm just gonna go top to bottom. Uh, the monkeys, Twin Peaks, Different Strokes, Game of Thrones, and Rick and Morty. You still haven't seen Rick and Morty yet, have you? I actually have. Oh, you have. I've actually I've seen episodes of Rick and Morty. When did you start this? Um, it's been a little while. I don't know why I didn't mention it to you. I just didn't. Yeah, for real, like. <laughs> Holy smokes, I haven't dude. watched, like, a full season, but, like, a couple episodes I've sat down, like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I, okay, so I, I'm i still not sure what to make of it, if I'm being <laughs> completely honest. I just, I was totally blindsided. A friend of mine just sat down and, and started putting it on while I was in the room, and I'm like... Wait, this isn't a kid show? Like, I thought it was, like, just some kid's cartoon. I should know better by now in the modern age of animation where not everything is for kids. Nope. Um I should have known Rick and Morty was not a kid show and was, in fact, this R-rated 
animated ripoff of Back to the Future weird? I don't even know. It's got, like, elements of Back to the Future and Futurama, and it explores the multiverse. I mean, it's it's got some really cool stuff in there. Um, have you seen the episode where they do, like, a spinoff of Jurassic Park? I think I... Is it the one where they go in the human body? Yes, Anatomy I Park. Have... I have seen that. I have seen it. Most okay. of the episodes. Have, have you seen Interdimensional Cable? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. So there's a really okay, funny... apparently we're going to have to do an episode on this. There's Yeah, point. we might have to do like a, a commentary where we just sit you down and put on the episode of Interdimensional Cable and we just listen to your reactions as they happen. December. December. It's going to happen December. Okay, yes. I'm totally on board with this. We're going to video your facial reactions. <laughs> To interdimensional cable, it was such oh, a success God. the first time that they actually did it a second time. Oh my gosh! Basically, what they did was they took the guy who did the voice of Rick, and he's also like the co-creator on the show, I think, and got him drunk on purpose. <laughs> and I've then heard about this, and I then like, they, they legit get drunk while doing the voice work, and they go in the booth and just record whatever the heck drunk them says, and then they animated it. And it, 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 it's, it's so it. ridiculous. It's so crazy. And, you know, the, the theme, the, the TV theme is the one that kind of gets it off and, and gets it rolling. You know, it's the one that, that kind of gives you the momentum into the rest of the show. And so I totally get why that would be in somebody's top five. That's a great selection. Yeah, that is so, so good. Okay, so next up, we've got Andy Lemire at... L, I'm gonna I'm gonna spell it because I want to give proper credit to everyone. L miracle, I love it. Le miracle, L E M I E R I C L E. Le miracle at Le miracle. It's a great handle. It's a great. <coughs> Where did that come from? You're getting all choked up over these usernames, yeah. man. Ah, I love the one. I, lo I love the ones where they're able to like get a really cool word in there without any numbers at the end. That, that's a that's a challenge on Twitter, especially. Okay, um, but you kind of have to admit that our friend Chris Siegel's name is pretty awesome, even though it's got numbers in it. I mean, technically it does, but technically it doesn't because <laughs> it's part of it. Seek three PO. Come on. <laughs> That is brilliant. Uh, and you came up with that, didn't you? I'm Mark? sorry. I just have to give myself a little self-promotion. To this day, that's some of the best branding I've ever done. Because he's such a huge Star Wars fan, and it also is a clever play on his name. Seek3PO has to be one of the best usernames I've ever come up with, period. That That is. Seriously. No joke. That is work of genius. Mwah. Mwah, you did good there. Okay, so um, what does the Lemiracle say are his favorite intros? Lemiracle <laughs> says, um, I guess in no particular order, but I'm going to list him in a particular order. Um, Rockford Files, yes. Um, Greatest American Hero, Miami Vice, The Walking Dead, and Different Strokes. So we've had a couple of votes for Different Strokes now. I think this is the first time Walking Dead has been referenced. Yeah, oddly enough. Uh, here's the deal. I am not a not as big a fan of the Walking Dead intro as I am of the show. Mm. I feel like I feel like the show is actually better than the intro for once. Um, there, there's just something. I, yes, I get it. The ominous nature of the music is supposed to make you feel like intimidated. I get that, but I feel like the show's intensity is just so natural that you don't necessarily need the ominous, intense music 
coupled with the ominous, intense TV program. Right. But I, I get why they do it, but, like, I don't know. It, it, it wouldn't even – I don't know if it would even be in my top ten. I, I get that it's in yours, Andy, and I respect it, and I applaud it, and I thank you for sending it in. But for me personally, I don't know if I would ever put The Walking Dead on my list. So, again, the diversity continues to abound on this show because if if somebody else didn't say it, then it probably wouldn't have gotten mentioned at all tonight. I that is one that is just so out there. I probably would have never even mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, that that is, yeah, it's 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 out there. But I, yeah, I, again, I think I don't think it's the super. I think it's the show, not the, not the intro. For yeah, once. yeah, that's true. That is true. And uh, let's see, we've got a we've got a friend of ours who who submitted just one. <laughs> But it's classic. We will allow it. It's classic enough that, like, if if there was like a, a list of five, and you just listed this all five times, I would allow that too. Because mm-hmm. I really don't know if there is a theme music out there that has been copied or parodied or utilized quite as often as the old '60s iconic. Batman. Like, Adam West and Burt Ward, that is what they are known for nowadays. It's a Adam West is still the best Batman. I, I don't I don't think I can disagree Fight with me. that. I don't think I can disagree with that. I mean, I enjoyed Keaton. I enjoyed um, what, what Ben Affleck. I enjoyed Christian Bale. Even though he just growled all the time. I was like... <laughs> Oh my gosh, it hurts my voice just saying that. I've been getting over allergy problems to begin with, and then I, I did hear you. that. I hear you. Oh my gosh. Crap. But but like there <clears throat> is there's arguably no other no more iconic TV theme than that. that Probably not. Na, na, na. It's been parodied so many times. It's been out there so much, and it's amazing we're we're used to Batman being this this dark and gritty character, and he has. His theme song still is Batman. Wouldn't it be interesting if they like used elements of that in the new Batman movie, like they do with Spider Man? Yes, in the MCU. Like, be like, totally like Giacchino does with the old Spider Man music. Get exactly. Giacchino on it. Get Giacchino to do it. He can do it. He would do it perfectly. He is this generation's John Williams, so I am on board with that. Get on... Michael Frappuccino on the job. Oh, dude. Oh, now I want a Frappuccino. Stop it. <laughs> okay, moving on, moving on. We've got Knight of Ren at Jedi William, Jedi underscore William, I should say. He says, Lost in Space, Knight Rider, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, Battlestar Galactica, and The X-Files. That's a list. That is quite a list. Knight Rider makes a return, Lost in Space, the original Lost in Space, I hope. The new Lost in Space theme is kind of eh. But the show is great, which is so weird. Again, the that the, the, the new Lost in Space, uh, The Walking Dead, and Last Man Standing are three shows that I enjoy the show, but not as much the theme. Right. Those are those are probably like the, the only three that I could probably list off, like right off the top of my head. Just about every other show that I watch and enjoy has some kind of solid theme music attached to it as well. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but that is a that is a really solid list. Voyage to the bottom of the sea. I don't think that one 
got mentioned any other time. I think this is the only time we're going to see Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea tonight. That's so, a pretty obscure one. So, William, thank you for your awesome submission. Uh, it's appreciated. Uh, hope to see you back on another Top 5. I think this is the first time you've submitted anything, but hopefully it's not the last. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. You stuck me with this one. Okay, thanks. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. I'm just going to guess it. Gilad Barlev. I at, think that's a good guess. At Antar05. A-N-T-A-R-0-5. Gilad's list is as follows. Ghost in the Shell, standalone complex. That's an anime, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, the Expanse, Battlestar Galactica, the original series. Black Sails makes another return. Oh. And I've literally never heard of this until just now. Puffin Rock. Puffin Rock. I'm Googling this right now. What is this? I've never heard of Puffin Rock. Oh, it's a little an- so like it's a, it's a Netflix animated series. Interesting. If I'll it's Netflix, if it's Netflix, I'm gonna have to check it out. Exactly. <laughs> Narrated by Chris O'Dowd. Narrated. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So I don't know what the sound, the theme sounds like, but it must be pretty good to make it to either number one or number five on this list. Oh, holy crap! I'm gonna have to change my list. Oh, really? I literally just thought of something that I haven't thought of in a long, long time. In the galaxy far, far away? No. Uh, just about. But even though I don't care for the show, the intro is literally the best part of it. Yeah, I I was the same way with a lot of shows. I'm like, how did I... Like, I started Holy thinking... Moly. I was starting... Like, earlier I was thinking of different things, and I'm like, what about all the PBS shows? Like... All those like it like just blew my mind. Like Arthur, like you know, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have a little and, cameo of that coming up. And uh, um, Zaboomafu. Oh my God! Yes, me like and you and Zaboomafu. Come along and see what's new. One yeah. thing I loved about that show is the fact that they, you know, they start out with the, it was the Krat Brothers. Am I remembering yep. that correctly? Yes, yep. Krat Brothers. I remembered it. Yes. Um, they start out and they're in the hut. And they're like, oh, let's call in Sabumafu. And he comes, you know, hopping in, and the monkey, and he's thing. And I'm like, excuse me, they, sir. It's a won't. lemur. <laughs> I'm sorry. But they're like, he won't talk until we feed him something. Mm-hmm. And they're like, thing. And then he turns into the puppet. And as a kid, I totally 100% bought that. I did like, too. Of course, of course. He's I not going to talk. He's not going to talk until he feeds him something, of course. Okay, you know what else I believed? I believed that standing outside on your porch yelling out Zabu would make a lemur come up to you. <laughs> yes. Here I lived in central suburbs of Dallas, Texas, and I would go out onto my back porch with potato chips in my hand ready to feed this dude. So that he could talk to me, and I literally remember times when I would be out there with, you know, crinkle-cut potato chips, and I'd be like, Zabu! Zabu! Hey, Zabu! And he never showed up. Honestly, that was a bigger disappointment than Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. Oh, man. (laughs) For those of you listening at home, I hope you didn't have the kids nearby. (laughs) Santa Claus is real, guys. He's real. He, yeah, he, he's he's totally real. I I just I uh, I was late leaving no, out no, the milk it, and no, cookies. No, the, one the, time. the disappointment that he's referring to is the fact that he one year said Santa Claus isn't real, and he got coal in the stocking. That's what it is. 
So Zach was a bad boy, and he learned from that. I got I got coal in my stocking. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. So. Okay, moving on. Oh uh, my to... gosh, <laughs> what am I gonna bump for my list, dude? Uh, oh we'll my god! I, you, you think about it while I read off this next one. Oh so my god! We got Rum Rants podcast. Great podcast name. Um, at Rum Rants with R N J. That's the ta- that's the uh, handle. And they say number five bones. Number four, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, number three, Frasier, because it's short. Um, number two, Stargate SG-1. And number one, what this is Star Trek The Next Generation. Yes, yeah. S-T-T-N-G. It's all hashtags. Yeah, they're, they're on the money there with the hashtags. They really were. Uh, I, was, I, was, I, I had to sit there and think about that for a second, because when I was tallying up my totals... You know, I, I'm trying to, like, type in the next generation to see how many times it got a vote. And I was like, oh, crap, I got to go back. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, go follow at Rum Rants with R and J. That's letter N with R N J to listen to Rum Rants. Uh, that's a really solid list. I, I enjoy just about all of those. Frasier is a good one. Stargate's a good one. Next Generation is a classic. Like, I can't believe it hasn't gotten as many votes as as it has. Because... Yeah. It yeah. it kind of it kind of needs more, uh, like honestly. Seriously, seriously. Okay, so we move over to the Facebook world now, with uh, Seth Zilman Simon sending in a submission to us, with only four. Seriously, you miscounted. Seriously, what what is it with you people? We got one <laughs> submission over here. You we people. got eight over here. We got seven over here. We got four from this guy. Like Seth, come on, dude. We asked for five, but. Okay, we'll read it anyways. Uh, Airwolf, Knight Rider, the 1970s Doctor Who. Thank you for being specific. And Galaxy Rangers says, Rangers are forever closing theme. Wow. Well, if we're going to do the Fraser closing theme, I guess we can do Rangers are forever closing theme. We didn't specify opening or closing theme. Just TV themes. We just said TV themes. did Did you put intros in the title? I may have. I may have. You know what? I think I did. So he disqualified notes. Oh well. Oh, it's well. Uh, it's Ben's fault for making an inadequate promo. Uh, <laughs> the one that you approved. Okay, okay. I have to remember. Yes. Ugh. Yes. Okay. Although I did call you out on the uh, on the errant uh, uh, time index on the first one, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, we started one hour early, and then I just put I put it in Central Time. Normally speaking, I use. Eastern time, so you guys can uh, figure it out better. But yeah, I was using Central Time. That didn't work. Dun dun dun. And to repost it, but uh, it's all good. And uh, next up, we got our good buddy and loyal listener, Kenny Crayley Jr. And he has at his number five, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Number four, Cheers. I think that's the first appearance of Cheers on the Where list. Where everybody and... knows your name. So good. It's funny. I've never actually watched like a full episode of Cheers, but that song is the best. You know how I found out about Cheers? Wow. Friends. <laughs> There's an episode where Joey's getting homesick, so he puts on the TV while they're in uh, England for Ross's wedding. And it just so happens that the TV show that pops on when he puts on the TV is Cheers. I love it. And it plays that theme. Where everybody knows your name. It's funny. A show with a great intro inside a show with a great intro. I'm telling you, man. It's like introception in that episode. Okay. Another show with a fantastic intro theme. 
Number three, Smallville. Um, number two, MASH, another great one. And number one, MacGyver, oh, the original man. series, 85 to 92. Man, classic. It's a, it's a great one. Uh, I I wouldn't have thought of it because, honestly, I didn't watch MacGyver growing up. I really didn't. I've only seen a handful of episodes, probably. I just know he can turn to, I can he can like diffuse a bomb with a paperclip. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's super resourceful. Like just about anything he comes across, he can utilize, which is pretty cool. Yep. But that's a really great list, Kenny, because you've got some you got some old school there with Mash and Cheers. You've got some classic sci-fi in there with TNG. You've got like a modern cult classic with Smallville, and then uh, a personal favorite, I'm guessing, with MacGyver the original series. That's a that's a really awesome list. It is great. And uh, now we're on to Seek 3PO himself, uh, the station manager here at Channel 1138. Chris Seekle sends us the following list, and I gotta be honest, this is like biasedly probably my favorite list anybody's sent in so far because <laughs> it's got like my childhood mixed with modern stuff mixed with like hilarity it's awesome at number five chris has the pbs show arthur which nice. i i grew up on that number four stranger things again super excited for that coming out number three game of thrones number two the office i actually had the office as my ringtone for a while because it's just it's just super catchy and super peppy and then number one, Firefly. Yes. Dude. Yes. Dude, that is a great list. It's got instrumentals. It's got sung. It's got stuff that's, like, shorter for a sitcom. It's got stuff that's longer for a Netflix special. Like, that is all across the board. That's that's really, really I love awesome. the ones where it can just be a song on its own. Like, it's, you know, there, there's great ones that are, you know, like, oh, you listen to them with the show. But, like, that's a song you might hear on the radio. And then you turn up and start singing along too when it comes on in the car. Like that's the type of song that is. That's true. That's very true. Um, honestly, if I if I'm if I'm being super truthful, I've listened to like the Game of Thrones soundtrack before, where I'm where I'm just listening to the music from the show, and it always leads with the intro. Oh yeah. So. Uh, that's a that's a really awesome list, Chris. If you don't follow Seek Three PO on Twitter and Instagram, then go do it and tell him that Zach sent him sent you. <laughs> and so. tell him tell him Zach's the reason he has that 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 great that great great uh, handle there. Um, uh, number five for uh, our good friend Jamie Swearingen, uh, maybe. He, Swearingen? I say he's a good friend. <laughs> then I and then you can't pronounce his name. Thanks, Awkward. Um, Awkward. Jamie Swearingen. Um, I'm going to go with that. And he says at his number five, The Walking Dead. Number four, Smallville. Number three, Firefly. Uh, number two, X-Files. And number one is Game of Thrones. Okay, so have you noticed a bit of a trend recently? I have. I have indeed. That that trend may get noticed when we announce our final tallies at the end of this episode. That's yeah, yeah. That's going to be interesting. There's there's a there's a pretty darn good reason for it. I'm just saying. Uh, we move on to our friend Dominic J25, our resident Harry Potter expert and the head writer of StarWarsUnderworld.com, Mister Dominic Jones. 
His list is as follows at number five, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I believe that's the only mention we're going to get of that show tonight. Uh, (laughs) Smallville at number four, The Office at number three, Game of Thrones at number two, and Droids in Trouble Again at number one. Is that... Is that Star Wars? <laughs> yes. We, why uh, have I? Why have I never seen that before? Now you've got to. You've got to hear this. You've got to hear it. Droids is the old cartoon from the eighties. Um, and I can't remember. We talked about it because, uh, of course, I I uh, I always promote IPC at the end of each and every episode of SWU, and Dominic promised that he was going to give representation two droids in this and in trouble again is a great song actually from a very one of the most obscure star wars properties ever i'm really i'm really curious i'm gonna have to check this out now yeah see yeah i'm trying to be honest i'm trying to look it up right now you're trying to pull it up that's why you were monologuing a second ago you sly dog okay you were stalling for time is what you were doing okay okay so here we go Okay, Dominic, I'm silently, or maybe more out loudly, judging you for having that placed over Game of Thrones, dude. <laughs> By the way, that was the police. No. <laughs> oh, of course it was. <laughs> Not the cops, the police, the no, band, the police. The, the ones that did Roxanne and Don't Stand So Close to Me. Oh my yep. gosh. Yep, yep. Okay, well, now that that precedent's been set, uh, I'm going to be playing the one that I just had the holy crap moment for a couple of moments ago. Uh, you get you get to listen to one of my out-there cartoon themes now uh, okay. in, a, in a little bit here. But I'm going to go to my friend next. Uh, we got another, like, five or six top fives to go through. No, uh-huh, wait, one, uh-huh. two, three, four, five. We got five more lists to go through before we get to and ours. And there's one that's like worth like uh you know five <laughs> lists and yeah. itself. We'll get to him. We'll we'll get to him in just a second there. But this is actually uh from a friend of mine and she's also a classmate of mine in grad school. It's kind of cool. We formed like this really really tight knit group because we're all kind of taking like the same classes together. Um like we're all we're all the same studying class. We're like all trying to push ourselves to like this one graduation date. And so we're all, like, ending up taking the same classes together. So we took two classes together last year, and then there's a group of, like, eight of us that are all in the same class again this year. Uh, it's, it's, my, it's my friend and classmate, Courtney Travis. She actually sent in a list, so thank you for that, Courtney. I appreciate it. 
Uh, her list is as follows. True Detective, Mr. Rogers, which, holy crap, how has nobody mentioned Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood up to now? For real. Number three, DuckTales. Oh, my gosh. Again. 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 My God. How has DuckTales not been mentioned until now? Number two, Friends. And here it is. I mentioned it at the top of the show. The only mention of the night for the Fresh Prince of (laughs) Bel-Air. I love it. Holy crap. That is a whole, whole bunch of diamonds. Just flat out gems of selections. And I, I commented, I replied to her and I said, I can't believe I hadn't even thought of Mr. Rogers yet. Now I've got 11 to choose from. And I, I originally had 10 that I had narrowed it down to. And I was like, okay, I got to pick, I got to pick, I got to pick. And then like, she mentioned that and I was like, oh crap, now it's 11. Uh, I, I don't think it made my five. I, I couldn't quite get it down into my five, but oh my gosh, it's another piece of my childhood, you know? It it's, is. It's just classic. So, yeah, Courtney, wow. that is an awesome, awesome list. Fresh Prince, Friends, DuckTales, Mr. Rogers, and True Detective. That's a great list. In amazing. Okay. We're getting into the final stretch here. It's we the got final one. countdown. Okay, never mind. Not, that's enough of that. Um, Aaron <laughs> King uh, writes in with his, I guess in no particular order, again, uh, SWAT, the original series, Star Blazers, Rat Patrol, The A-Team, Battlestar Galactica, the original series. Wow. That's a list. Oh, my gosh, dude. Like I said, like, it's really, really hard to, like, come up with just five. But those five, that's a pretty awesome five. <laughs> Impressive. That's a, that's a really awesome five. It's It's got a really nice mix of everything. And honestly, until I looked it up tonight, I had never even heard of Rat Patrol. Me neither. Like, that. that's the cool thing is it's just some people come up with so many different submissions and ideas that you um you don't you, you, you don't know about it until you read about it, which is what happened here. That's just that's really, really cool. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so we've got three lists left. Two of them are from people related to me. Are you cool if I read those and then you get the big one? That is perfectly fine with me. Okay, cool. So I was actually visiting with my parents before I came over here to to get ready for the show, and I told them we were discussing our five favorite TV themes, our top five intros, and they actually had stuff to contribute to it, which was pretty cool. Most of the time, I'll be honest, they've been a little hands-off about my podcasting. They understand that it's a part of my life. It's a part of my schedule, my routine. But they don't always listen. They don't always talk about it. They don't always, like, share the promos and stuff like that, which is fine. I don't begrudge I feel like that. that. I feel like that's kind of a that's a general thing with podcasters. Like, most of the time, family, not interested. <laughs> yeah, which is fine, which is fine. Most of the time, I'm talking about movies they haven't seen or shows that they don't enjoy or whatever. But these top fives they're a little bit more accessible. And so they actually had stuff to contribute, which was really cool. Um, My mom is a fan of older TV shows. And so a lot of them, you know, I think the most recent one was from the 90s. 
you know, nothing from beyond 1993 or something like that, which is ironic because that's the year I was born. So <laughs> pretty much her enjoyment of television ended when my life began. How about that? Wow. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, you know, I use the Beverly Hillbillies as a reference uh, about, you know, uh, the ballad type of intros. And uh, she's got that listed as her number five, Petticoat Junction, which is actually, interestingly enough, it's set in the same universe as the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, and also Green Acres. And Green Acres. Yep, they're all part of like that. Uh, like a, they're all got the same creators, set in the same universe, if you will. They have crossover episodes and stuff, which is really, really weird because B. Benaderet plays cousin Pearl on Beverly Hillbillies, and then she plays Kate Bradley on Petticoat Junction. <laughs> and so, like, it's really, really hard to like have her from both shows, but they make it work. And so, Beverly Hillbillies and Petticoat Junction are two of her favorites, and then. Um, this is like the, the piece of childhood nostalgia that she threw in there. The Shining Time Station slash Thomas the Train TV show. Oh my gosh. The old original Thomas the Tank Engine. The do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Like the old version. And that's the stuff I grew up on, man. I watched Thomas the Train as a kid. Oh, I... hell Yeah. Hulk, yeah. <laughs> I, I I feel like I felt like I didn't need to say hell because I was talking about a children's You're TV talking about show. Kids. You're talking about a kids. You're talking about kids. But show, but anybody you know, it really that doesn't watched, matter. So hell yeah. Anybody that watched that show is an adult now, so I think we're good. Because apparently Thomas has really, really gone off the deep end now, and they it's have animated now. They're animated. They have moving faces. Like, the mouths move and talk. It's like J.J. the jet plane, but with trains. No, thank you. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. I, I really feel like it kind of went off the deep end after Thomas and the Magic Railroad, to be honest. Like, some people really enjoyed it. I did not. <laughs> um, but I do, yeah, I, do, I do remember going to see it in the theaters, though. That may have been one of my earliest movie theater memories was going to see Thomas and the Magic Railroad in the theaters. So I appreciate that my family, you know, humored me for as long as they did. But Thomas the Train is number three for my mom. MASH is number two. And then the Golden Girls is her favorite TV oh, intro. Love it. Love and it. it's really cool because she says that her spirit animal is Sophia, the mom figure from that show. So I'm like, well, is if that, you're so if you're Sophia, yeah. then that makes me Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> Who does B. Arthur play? She plays Dorothy. Oh, uh, okay. She yeah, plays I, Dorothy, and then her I, her. I just know her as Akmina. Her her mom is Sophia Petrillo. Dude, Golden Girls is on Hulu, and it's pretty funny. If you oh, ever God. if you ever get the time to watch a few episodes, Rue McClanahan, Betty White, B. Arthur, and shoot, why can't I remember? the lady who played Sophia's name for the life of me. But it's a really, really solid show, and we get a lot of laughs out of it just because it's one show that you can actually get everybody to sit down and watch, you know? Yeah. Estelle Getty, that's who it is. Oh, Estelle yeah. Getty. And it's, it's one of those few shows where you can get the whole family to sit down and watch it together. Uh, there's not a whole lot of shows that all five of us will sit down and watch together nowadays, but Golden Girls is one of them. So yeah. that's a really solid list. And then my dad's, again, pretty much nothing earlier than the 80s, I guess. Um, 
Here's one that hasn't been listed at all tonight. I love Lucy. Oh my gosh, yeah. I love Lucy and she loves me. Man, as far as feminist TV is concerned, Lucille Ball set the tone, dude. She, yeah, Lucille Ball is a legend. Like, and I, I look, look, not and on and off the screen. Like, oh yeah, you've heard the story about how she saved Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Like she was pivotal in that show staying on the air as long as it did. So like, man, she was in that show. Like I feel like it's been around for so long, but I feel like every person on the planet has seen at least one episode. Well, and the cool thing is, like she and Desi Arnaz created Desilu Studios. And Desilu Studios was the was the set for a lot of other shows that came after it. Right. You know, I yeah. can't even tell you how many different older TV shows I watched that had Desilu Studios as, you know, the host for the different shows that they've done. Like holy smoke, I'm trying to I'm trying to see if there's like a list of all the different shows that they were that they were a part of. Um let me see. Uh I'm trying to see. Wikipedia. Uh obviously Star Trek. Uh the Carol Burnett show was a Desi Lu production. Mm-hmm. Um Let me see. Here's Lucy, Life with Lucy. Uh I wanna say the Brady Bunch. That makes uh, sense. You bet your life. Uh, here we go. Produced by Desi Lou. There we go. Oh, man. Uh, the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour. There's a show called The Texan. I didn't even know this show existed. Holy crap. Uh, The Lucy Show, You Don't Say, Star Trek, Mission Impossible, uh, The Jack Benny Program, The Adventures of Jim Bowie. The Andy Griffith Show was a Desi Lou production. Oh, wow. The Dick Van Dyke Show, The Bing Crosby Show. Gomer Pyle, Hogan's Heroes, That Girl, The Guns of Will Sonnet, uh, Good Morning World, Rango. Like, Desi Lou had a hand in a lot of classic TV shows. Amazing. And it all started with I Love Lucy. We mm-hmm. mentioned Star Trek, and actually at number four for my dad, it's the original series. Nice. The The original, original Star Trek. I think he told me that that was the one that kind of helped him introduce his love of sci-fi. And even though he loves TNG, he says, you wouldn't have had TNG without the original series. Very true. And that's very true. Uh, Number three, uh, All in the Family. Oh. Like, again, another classic TV show that stood the test of time, ended up with about two or three different spinoffs from it, I think, because of all the characters that they were able to introduce and establish within that within that program and they they tackled a lot of really interesting issues that were very relevant to their time uh in a in a very homey manner you know all those things mm-hmm. were discussed in the living room just talked about amongst the family the way you do today except in a group chat on facebook instead of face to face number two gilligan's island yes okay so fun fact do you know how many intros Gilligan's Island actually has? I know it's a lot. At, just... I want to say I'm pretty sure there's three. Because wow, that's the, actually less than I thought. 
the pilot had one that was written by Johnny Williams. Uh huh. AKA John Williams. And it was very Jamaican in nature. Uh huh. Tourists come, tourists go, tourists bouncing back to and fro. Like it literally sounds like you're on an island. Uh And then in season one, they didn't reference the professor and Marianne, but they referenced everybody else in the cast. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, who was it? Don Wells and Russell. Why can't I think of his name? I can't think of the professor's name. It's it's Russell something. But the, the two of them did not like that. And so by seasons two and three, the very tail end would be like the professor and Mary Ann. <laughs> yeah, they they uh, had they had to revise it. Uh, but the one that my dad talked about the most was Mash. He said that just listening to the theme music reminds him of all the jokes, reminds him of all the patients that they lost on the surgical table, reminds him of all the the hard facts of war that they faced and they challenged. Uh, reminds him of the lyrics that talks about suicide and addresses, you know, the the reality that a lot of people tried to commit suicide during the the Korean intervention. Mm-hmm. And um, or was it? Yeah, it was Korea, wasn't it? Or was it Vietnam? It's Korea. I Korea. thought it was. I thought it was Korea. almost positive. And then uh, the characters, you know, everybody from from Hawkeye to Henry and Colonel Potter and everybody else in between. Like, just listening to the music reminded him of the characters. And so to have that much memory and that much nostalgia attached to it, I totally get why it would be his number one. Yeah, yeah. That's a, those are both great lists. I love. They're, 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 they're a little old that. school, but uh, if you know my it's parents. You've got to go old school sometimes. If, I mean, if, there's so if many you know, old school ones. If you know my parents, you know that they're old school. So it is what it is. You actually <laughs> met my parents when you came to Dallas. So I did. They are wonderful people. Wonderful. We we had we had a great time having you guys. I look forward to whenever uh, the the circuit makes its way back to Dallas because I still need to take you guys to uh, to uh, like a, a, a barbecue joint that's out here, and I got to take you to Six Flags so you can see all the DC rides that we got out there. Uh-huh. We still got stuff to do. We still got stuff to do. That's gonna be awesome. All right, so we've reached to the final one. Besides our list, we will we will get to shortly. Ooh, got the that final means one. that means I need to open up my sound effects buttons. Yeah, you do, yeah, because you do. it it's it. This is this is one of my favorite parts of our top fives. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you ready? Are you ready for me to do it? I am ready. All right, it is now time for Shinda's list. Classic, <laughs> classic, that's classic. Everybody's second favorite segment on the IPC podcast. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. <clears throat> I'm getting choked up again. But we got our friend, Mr. Steven Schinder, and he sent in his list, and boy, did he send a list. It's a doozy, so let's get into it. Um, He says, at number five, Twin Peaks, and he explains, 
This show can be best summed up by the most beautiful dream and most terrible nightmare at once. The opening theme and interest, inter, instrumental falling, quote-unquote, has a serene feeling, goes well with the imagery of the town and a waterfall. I only rank it at last because I prefer the version of Julie Cruz's vocals. Okay. Um, number four, we got Jessica Jones. First uh, first of the Marvel Netflix shows, I think, to get mentioned. Um, he says, I have issues with the show, which would be towards the bottom of how I rank the Defender shows, but there's no denying that the opening theme, along with the painting-like imagery, captures the noir aesthetic. Okay, it's completely true. Completely true. Um, number three is Angel. He says, I'll go to my grave saying that Angel has a better opening theme than Buffy. And even though Buffy is a better show, I just love how the Angel theme begins with a violin or similar instrument and then mixes in a rocking feel. Okay, so he has it. Number two, Teen Wolf. The intro song really gets the blood pumping and it was especially great hearing it during the climactic fight in, I believe, the season two finale. And then uh, number one, Steven says, Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I feel like this is probably the last great Marvel animated show and I'm honestly still a bit salty about it being canceled and replaced by Avengers Assemble, which seems to try too hard to look and feel like the MCU. Anyway, the song Fight as One, which contains vocals, really rocks and gets me pumped to see the Avengers defend the world. I'm, I'd be so happy for this song to be an endgame, even though I know it won't be in it. So, there you go. Shinda's list. He inspired us to do this top five TV themes and intros, talked about it with us in the Peacekeeper Core chat. So, we sometimes prompt you guys and ask you guys in that group, uh, for ideas and inspiration, and I think we asked for ideas like on Tuesday or Wednesday, and he came up with this one, and we were like, ooh, we can do a lot with this one. Yeah. And we got a lot of really awesome submissions, but probably none awesomer than the very thought-out description that uh, that Stephen gave us. And it's always fun getting to hear his thoughts and insights on Shinder's List. Yeah, and as you said... Sorry, I had to do it. <laughs> no, no, no. You had to you had to break it all down. That's we that's, had to, that's we the had way to, to open do it. it. We had to open it and we had to we had to close it the way we opened it. No, no, that was epic. And and again, <laughs> as I was going to say, thanks to Steven because without him this show would not be happening right now and he, he came up with a brilliant brilliant topic that I think everyone enjoyed, including ourselves. That's very true. All right. Well, we're going to tally up what uh, what you submitted as the uh, most favorite intros of the evening. And while we do that, we're going to go to a quick station identification break, and we'll be back on the flip side with our lists and your results as we continue our top five discussion of favorite TV intros and themes. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is IPC. Greetings, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I have drifted into the underworld. The Star Wars underworld. 
I have a bad feeling about this. Hey y'all, this is Ben Hart here. I know y'all just heard me on the IPC talking all things geeky and fun. Now I'm here to tell y'all about my other podcast. It's called The Star Wars Underworld, about all things Star Wars. We talk Star Wars The Clone Wars, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Star Wars Last Jedi, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and so much more. I record it with my friends Chris and Dominic, who are here to tell y'all all about it. Hello, Chris. Hello, Ben. I'm so excited to talk about Star Wars this week. It's fun. It's funny. We're going to have a great time. Hey, guys, I am so nostalgic for mall packaging, and I love being on the Star Wars Underworld podcast talking all the latest Star Wars news. Well, now that y'all had a little taste of the show and you know what to expect, you should check out more episodes by going to StarWarsUnderworld.com or by searching for the show on the iTunes, the Apple Podcast, the Google Play, and all sorts of things. And may the Force be with y'all. It's a wrap, eh? of your top five submissions here. And uh, I didn't have enough time to take a look at how many individual TV series were represented here. But, oh my gosh. I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that anywhere between 40 and 50 separate TV shows were represented in these 20-plus top fives that were submitted tonight, Ben. I, I really don't think that's an exaggeration at all. No, no. I, I did, You guys did amazing. You guys submitted so many great lists. And, uh, yeah, appreciate all you guys sending us in. And we, we, I think you guys hopefully will appreciate hearing them listed and uh, seeing the results. Yeah, so it is time for the results. Um, surprisingly, there's not one show that got the double digit votes really not one show ended up in double digits but we did have one program that got nine votes and the next closest was a tie with four votes oh wow so that's how spread out this is. I could be wrong, but I checked and then double-checked just to try and be sure. But I am pretty, pretty sure that this is how everything plan- panned out. Now, uh, runner-ups and honorable mentions and stuff, I'm going to kind of give credit to. If you do that, then the next generation gets like three or four votes. Okay. Um, Firefly. Only got three votes. Wow. Doctor Who only got three votes. Battlestar Galactica, The X-Files, and MASH all got four votes. Mm -hmm. And then clocking in with the most votes of the night 
with a total of nine Game of Thrones. Wow. Wow. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. I mean, it, it, it's so weird that that's the only true consistency we can really see in all of these submissions. And then, like, some of the underrated stuff, like we were talking about earlier. I mean, only one vote for the Fresh Prince. Only one vote for Cheers. You know, only, like, two votes for Fraser, One vote for uh, Miami Vice. You know, one vote for Rick and Morty. One vote for Psych. You know, one or two votes for The Muppet Show. One or two votes for Black Sails. One or two votes for The Clone Wars. Like, it's just so incredibly spread out. And it's great, but it's also hard to quantify just what your favorite show intros are because you told us so many tonight. Thank you for that. I, uh, I, I, I tip my cup to you, but not too far forward or else it'll spill onto my computer. (laughs) yeah don't get dangerous here no 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 especially when it's time for our top fives of the night i don't know about you but i'm pretty jazzed about this it's it's gonna be really interesting to to see uh what we came up with uh i think i think it's best if we just lead off with our honorable mentions though Mm -hmm. because um these are the ones that came super close and for whatever reason didn't quite make the cut um for me, and this is only because I'm going on a hunch that it's probably somewhere in your list, uh, I only gave an honorable mention to The Andy Griffith Show. It's funny you say that. I'm also going to say that Andy Griffith Show is an honorable mention for me. How funny. How funny. That's probably the only commonality we're going to have. From here on out, it's not going to be the same. I promise you that. <laughs> no, it is not. From here on out. But the Andy Griffith show, I feel like, deserves an honorable mention because it's so iconic. Like, you hear that whistling tune and you know that you're settling in for a good time. You know that you're going to Mayberry, North Carolina to see the adventures of Andy Taylor, the sheriff without a gun. Yeah. Like, it's, it's that kind of small town, homebody feel that you wish your town was. Or at least I do. Like oh, my yeah. town, my town has over three hundred thousand people in it, so I'm never going to end up like Mayberry, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. But yeah. you know, one of the things that I really love about it is how people can just whistle it down the street, and all of a sudden you formed a bond with them. You know, mm-hmm. or or like uh, like they do on YouTube sometimes. I have heard of people that have trained their parrots to whistle along to it when they played the guitar part of the theme. Oh, I love it. So like they'll 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 play like their acoustics or something like that and then like maybe be snapping or something like that and the parakeet or the parrot or whatever will whistle along with the theme. So like it's not only made an impression on humans, it's making an impression on wildlife as well. That is amazing. That's pretty cool, it. isn't it? That is amazing. Gosh. Yeah, okay. and it's just a classic theme, it really is. It, it really is. It's it's iconic, but uh it's just it's it's not my favorite. It's it's not my favorite intro. It's um, one of my favorites, but so many others beat it out. Right, right. That's the problem. Like a lot of stuff got beaten out. I mentioned Monk got beaten out. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt got beaten out. Batman the Animated Series got beaten out. Voyager got beaten out. Um, let me see. Uh, Daredevil, Doctor Who, 
the Golden Girls, uh, McHale's Navy. I don't know if you've ever seen McHale's Navy, but I've seen a few uh, episodes. It's very aquatic and very adventurous, uh, but also kind of zany. It's like a, it's like it's like Hogan's Heroes, but set in the South Pacific instead of in a mm-hmm. German concentration camp. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. But real quick, you know, I'll, are you finished with yours? Yeah, yeah. That's my honorable mention. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you you were is there, were all those your honorable mentions? No, no, no. Well, okay, those are the ones that didn't make the list. Okay, here so. here's mine, really quick. I'm not going to spend too much time on them. Really quick, I'm just going to mention Hogan's Heroes, mm-hmm. Luke Cage, The Wonder Years, The Beverly Hillbillies, The yep. Dukes of Hazard, Sanford and Son, Ooh. Rockford Files, yep. Reading Rainbow, oh. and Mister Rogers. Those are my honorable mentions. Man, that's a lot of childhood right there, yeah, reading Rainbow you. and Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I think another honorable mention deserves to be Zabumafu. Amen to that. I, I to loved that. that show as a kid. That's the one that got me hooked on, like, nature. Like, <laughs> you, yeah. the Crap Brothers playing with tigers at Animal Junction. There was, in my opinion, nothing cooler than when a tiger or an elephant would show up and they got to play with them in Animal Junction. Oh, oh man! It. Okay. okay, so I guess we're on. So, to, we're uh, on to our actual five, right? Yes, we are. Okay, I'm. I'm really curious because I honestly thought Andy Griffith would be like in your top three, and it's only an honorable mention. So it almost, it almost made it, but something beat it out. Interesting. I'm. I'm curious what that something would be. So you want me to go ahead with my number five? Yes, please, by all means. All right. I think I'm not going to say it. I'm going to hum it. Oh, okay. And I'm gonna go with Spider Man, Spider Man. Yeah, okay, you, you get the picture. It's Spider Man. <laughs> That's classic. Spider Man, Spider Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches feet just like flies. Look out! Here comes the Spider Man. The classic Spider-Man theme. I don't even recall actually watching this show. But it's so great and so iconic, and it's just got stuck in my head over years, especially re-watching Spider-Man Homecoming. And the way Michael Giacchino worked that theme back into the movies, absolutely brilliant. And easily like up there with Batman, the original Batman theme, and it's one of the most iconic and parodied TV themes of all time. Oh, it easily is. I mean, The Simpsons parodied it, for crying out loud, with Spider-Pig. <laughs> I love spider it. Spider-Pig, Spider-Pig, does whatever a Spider-Pig does. It's brilliant. It's great. That's, that's, that's a great selection, man. That is awesome. Okay, so here's the deal. I had that oh crap moment a little while ago uh-huh. where I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot about this. But you were talking about the Dominic's selection with droids in Trouble Again, and it reminded me of this zany cartoon TV series that I watched when I was younger, and... I honestly don't even know how I came across it. It may have been on Netflix for a while, or it was on like some spin-off extension channel or something like that. I honestly don't know how I came across this thing. But I don't really care for the show like at all. 
<laughs> I really don't. I think the premise is dumb. I think the stories are stupid. It's Canadian television at its finest. But the one thing that they got right, the one thing they got right was the intro. Oh, boy. It is absolutely brilliant. It's a TV show called Sitting Ducks. Oh. Have you ever heard of Sitting Ducks? No, I have uh, not. Okay, so apparently there is this town of ducks that lives near a lake, and they're very civilized. They have diners and barbers and all kinds of things like that, you know, apartments that they live in, but they're ducks, and they can't fly. Apparently they have evolved so that ducks do not fly. They merely ride around on scooters. Wow. In the next town over, there is a neighborhood of alligators. And I don't know how this show even exists because the alligators are literally within walking distance. They could walk over to the next town, eat everybody, and the show would be over. <laughs> but it doesn't happen. And actually wow. what ends up happening is one of the stars of Sitting Ducks befriends an alligator who's apparently a vegetarian. Of course. It's the, it's the weirdest thing. It's, it's seriously one of the weirdest shows I've ever seen. But the one thing they got right was their intro, because it literally sounds like ducks. I don't know what instruments they used, but this literally sounds like the kind of music you would listen to if you were listening to a sitcom about ducks. So you 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 had me listen to droids in trouble again. Now you get to be subjected to this piece of work. Are you ready for this? I am ready. Okay, hopefully there's no ads. <laughs> of course there's ads. Look at that. Look at that. Okay, here we go. Doesn't that sound like ducks? It does. I don't they, know. They, like, captured the sound of ducks. I honestly don't know what they use. I'm not a music major, but I want to say a bass clarinet, a bassoon, something, some kind of, of wind instrument was utilized along with, like, bongo drums or something like that. It's just the weirdest, zaniest combination, but if you were to listen to that you would just instantly start thinking of ducks. Wow. That. So, yes, it, it, this is my bias shining through. I actually bumped Gilligan's Island for sitting ducks. Oh, wow. Because as much as I love Gilligan's Island, I think if I ever wanted to capture the essence of a TV show perfectly, it would be that theme music right there. Like, I, I feel ashamed that such amazing duck-related music is being utilized on such a terrible show. But it is. That's amazing. I love that we're both, like, I picked Spider-Man, 
I didn't. I'm not. I haven't really watched the show. You picked a show you pretty much hate. <laughs> but I, you love the intro theme. I love it. I refuse to like subject myself to anything other than this one episode that they have, where they do like a giant boxing match between the champion of Ducktown and the champion of Gatorville. Oh wow! And they pitch it as like this fight of the century kind of thing, and you actually get there. And there's like hundreds of ducks in this sporting arena watching what is supposed to be this great fight. And the the bell rings for the boxing match to begin. Uh, it turns out the gator has to uh, go to the bathroom really bad. And so rather than going through the stages of the fight that was paid for, he chooses to eat the duck so he can leave the ring and go to the bathroom. <laughs> wow. It's like the most realistic thing to happen on the entire show. You have a fight between a duck and a gator. What the hell's going to happen? Oh, you get eaten. You're welcome. The end. <laughs> That's brilliant. <sighs> okay. There's my number five theme music. This is not favorite TV shows, people. <laughs> but it's my favorite. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's another discussion. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite theme musics, though. So that's my number five. All right, so I guess you're ready for number four then. Number four, lay it on me. All right, so this is another classic TV show. We mentioned it earlier, but I, I felt the need to think it. it's it's another just I outrageously iconic one, and one of my favorites, and one that I will legitimately get stuck in my head. I feel like all these will would get stuck in my head just on any given day, but especially well, I mean, this one. Sitting Ducks is going to get stuck in your head now, too. It is now, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but this one, I think, after you hear me talk about it, it'll be stuck in your head. Ha-ha! <laughs> oh, dear. Um, my number four is none other than Green Acres. <laughs> Just give me that countryside. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Green Acres is the place to be. Yes. Farm living is the life for me. Yep, I know that song by heart. My brother got the entire first season on DVD for his birthday one time. And I watched that entire season probably four consecutive times because he's got this obsessive thing where when he gets something, he gets into a groove and he just watches it on repeat. And so we got into a groove of Green Acres for about a solid six months one time. Oh, and wow. that theme song has never left my mind ever since. No. I mean, it and it has that effect even after one try, but after like a thousand, yep. yeah, it's never going away. What I find so amazing is that they were able to create so many circumstances in that dump of a house for as long as they did. It, yeah, like they like, come in like, oh, we're going to fix it up, and like three seasons later, oh, we're going to fix it up. They never And did. then it's like two seasons later, oh, we're going to build an extension, but we're not going to have any floors, so you're just going to like step down into dirt. And it's like, oh my gosh. But it's basically like a reverse Beverly Hillbillies. Instead of taking the country folk to the city, you bring the city folk to the country. 
Yep. Exactly. Oh my and, gosh. And it's ama- it's it's almost sad that we never got the the Clampets meeting uh uh, Oliver and uh, oh yeah. man, the Clampets and the Douglases would have been hilarious. They would have been, they would have got along so well. Oh and my gosh! And by that gosh. I mean they wouldn't have got along at all. <laughs> they would have clashed. Okay, I gotta say, one of my favorite characters from that was Hank Kimball, the county agent. Oh man, that dude. That he dude. he was so out of it, but just also so lovable too. Like, oh my gosh. Okay. It's like, I could... it's like, oh, this is over there. Well, at least I think it's over there. Well, maybe that's not. Oh, yes. So infuriating. Oh, oh I could I could talk I could talk about that show. Actually I could probably talk about all three shows that are connected to each other for like an entire episode sometime if I wanted to, but what is the name of that universe, I wonder? The, I don't the... know. I would I would call it the the Hooterverse. The Hooter Yes! Hooterverse. Because, because it's set around Hooterville. Yep. Of course, people who don't know what the Hooterverse is are going to go there expecting something else, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a false advertisement, I suppose. Maybe, maybe, we should, maybe we should call it the Pixleyverse or something like that. Maybe. But maybe. then but then people looking for the Pixarverse might get mixed up with it. Yeah, oh, well. That's true. That's true. All oh, right, well. so your number four. So my number four is only number four because I like the other three better. <laughs> if if I didn't know about any of these other shows or didn't watch any of these other shows, it might be my number one, but it's not. <laughs> um, number four, it's been mentioned a few times. I think it was mentioned three times tonight, actually. Uh, so this will be the fourth mention of it for the evening. Uh, my number four is the theme to Firefly. Uh, I'm surprised it's so high on your I, list. It, I, I really love that show, dude. I really love that show. I love the music that's associated with it. Uh, I love the so so here's the deal. For for me, a, a intro can either be like a audio component only or an audio video component combined. Mm-hmm. And the audio video component put together with this, first of all, it's probably the only country music I'll actually listen to. <laughs> yep. But it's like country western slash sci-fi, which is so brilliant. And the way that they make the the stars' names appear in flames really gets to me. I don't know what that visual effect is, but I love it. You've got, you've got like this this little piece of parchment that comes up and it like catches on fire just long enough for you to read the name Nathan Fillion and then the fire settles again. And I'm just like holy crap, that is so cool. And then to hear like the music going on behind it, it's like yeah, I have no place I can be since I found serenity. You can't take the sky from me. That's like a bumper sticker, you can't take the sky from me. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Oh, yeah. You know, you put that on the back of your car, you put I aim to misbehave on the back of your car, and people know what it's from. And so oh, no. I just, I really, I love that show, and I love that theme. It's it's one of my favorite components of the show, honestly. Like, it's it's one of those where if I have the option to skip the intro, I'm never going to do it. Nope. Never. Nope. I savor every single possible second of that entire TV series, and that includes the intro. 
And have you noticed that Firefly is now free to watch on Facebook? It is. I saw that, and I'm so excited. I've got the entire series on DVD, but I saw it for sale on Blu-ray at Walmart the other day. Oh, boy. So I'm probably going to upgrade to Blu-ray pretty soon. And then I don't know what I'm going to do with my DVD collection. I'll probably just pass it off to my heirs or something. I don't know. But I'm not selling the damn thing, that's for sure. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, okay. Ready for my number three? Uh, Are we at number three? Are we at – what did we do for – yes, yes. We did uh, Green Acres was your number four. Firefly was my number four. So we're on to number three. You're right. How did I get mixed up on that? I'm sorry. It's very easy to get mixed up. Sometimes I – because I've asked you before, like, where are we at? But I know. I know where I am because I'm excited about my number three. Okay. And my number three is one of another classic TV show. Uh, Surprise, surprise. Um, They're not all I would consider classics put in different ways. But this next one is one, again, we talked about earlier, and uh, you actually did quite a bit of monologuing on it. So I, so I, I, think, I think you kind of filled us in on Uh-oh. the thing. But it's all good. It's Gilligan's Island. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip That started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship was a mighty sailing man, the skipper brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. It's a great show, dude. It really is. Like, the fact that it's still being syndicated is a testament to how iconic of a series it is. It is. Yeah, it is crazy. Like, there are some people I know who only let their kids watch season one which is really interesting. But then there are some people like me who only have seasons two and three on DVD. I need to find season one so that I've got the complete series. And then I think that would be either my 10th or 11th complete TV series that I own on disc. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had to rearrange my cabinet the other day because I was running out of space. I had to create what's basically a sci-fi shelf, which is the very top shelf. Um, It's got all... Of the Star Wars movies, all of the Star Trek movies, um, all six seasons of the Clone Wars, all seven seasons of Game of Thrones, the complete series of Firefly, complete series of Terra Nova, uh, Spaceballs and Galaxy Quest separating the two Star series, and I want to say the extended edition Blu-ray of Lord of the Rings is right on the end. <laughs> And then I, like, had to put everything else in alphabetical order underneath it. Like, I spent par- a better part of my afternoon trying to rearrange things. But, yeah, I've got a lot of TV series. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh, but, but, yeah, yeah. Gilligan's Gil- Island is <clears throat> one of the best. It really is. It really is. And and one of the cool things is um, Dawn Wells, the the lady who plays Mary Ann, or played Mary Ann, she's still alive, by the way. And yeah. still and still going to conventions and stuff. I would love to meet her one day. Um, but she was one of the first people to have uh, syndication interests included in her contract. Huh. She wasn't really expecting the the movie to, or the or the TV series to be syndicated, but 
she knew she wasn't going to get top billing and she knew she wasn't going to get a whole lot of initial finances, so she wanted to try and get something out of the deal. And CBS really wasn't expecting much to happen to it either, so they agreed to it. Lo and behold, it becomes the most syndicated TV show of all time, and she's the only one out of the cast who ended up getting syndication royalties. Wow. So she is, like, set for life now because of the syndication of that program. That is amazing. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, the tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. Yeah, did you know you can also sing um, Amazing Grace to that tune? Really? Yeah, check it, check it. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Wow. That's, that's insane. <laughs> you that's learn something. Insane. You learn something new every day, and now that's going to be stuck in your head too, my friend. Yes, it is. Yes, uh, it is. Are you ready for something else to get stuck in your head? Absolutely. Okay, uh, buckle up because I'm about to take you down memory lane. At least I hope I'm taking you down memory lane. I really, really hope you've seen this show. I don't think it's been referenced any other times tonight, and really? it's kind of a shame. Um, interestingly enough, I believe this show was filmed in North Texas, or at least some of the shots were filmed in the North Texas area. Interesting. So, um, it might've been a local program, but I don't think it was. Tell me, have you ever heard of the PBS show Wishbone? Oh, heck yeah, I have. Gosh, that adventurous, book-loving Jack Russell Terrier. Oh my gosh, dude. I learned so much from that show. I learned so, so much from that show. Like, I can have intelligent conversations to this day about The Prince and the Pauper, A Tale of Two Cities, Journey to the Center of the Earth, Moby Dick... Anansi the Spider, Robin Hood. Like, I've, I've seen plenty of Robin Hood renditions and stuff like that, but, like, I can talk intelligently about a lot of books that I've never read because of Wishbone. And the adventurous nature of the opening theme was always something that got me super excited for the rest of the show. I still know every word to that theme song. Oh, man. It's funny. Now, off the top of my head, it's not coming to me, but it's deep down in there somewhere because I love that show. What's the story, Wishbone? What's this you're dreaming up? Such big imagination 
on such a little pup. Coming, coming back, back to you? It's all coming back to me. Oh, man. I love that show. I love that show. If I could find, if I could find a way to get my hands on the complete series of that, I would be set. You know that, what I mean? That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. And I, I, like, honestly, I kind of want to bring my kids up on shows like Wishbone, you know? Oh, as yeah. As, as fun as shows like Adventure Time and SpongeBob SquarePants are, I want them to be able to learn something, too. And I feel like Wishbone kind of covers all of those bases. So uh, it's, yeah, a, it's, it, a, it's, it's a it's totally... a great show with a great intro. It's and... the quintessential PBS show. <clears throat> Yeah, it's this it really ridiculous is. premise with this dog that time travels and goes to different places and plays all these different characters. But you learn so much about literature and history. It's great. Yeah, you really do. You really, really do. And it's it's fantastic. Like Joan of Arc was one of their first like, episodes. Like the Prince and the Pauper. Like the my only knowledge of that story is from Wishbone. Yep. Yep. And and the fact that that uh, Joe wants to be a baseball coach and ends up coaching a t-ball team that doesn't know how to play, <laughs> like it's just it's such a cute story. And they also did like biblical tales and like um, classic literature, like the Odysseus, like the Odyssey and the Iliad. Oh yeah. Like like I think they did, I think they did David and Goliath. Um, I that think they sense. did. Um, what was it? The story of Aladdin. Open Sesame and all that sort of stuff. Um, what else did they do? They did another one that I really, really loved. I can't remember it now for the life of me. It'll come back to me eventually. But mm-hmm. the, that, that's mm-hmm. that's the cool thing about about that show was it was like really accessible and really cute. Uh, oh, I think they did Frankenstein at one time too. Oh my I'm pr- gosh, that would be amazing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they did Frankenstein. Oh, and they did. Um, not not what what was it? Um, the Count of Monte Cristo. That makes sense. They did the Count of Monte Cristo, and they did Treasure Island. Do you remember when they did Treasure Island? I don't oh. know if I saw that one, but that sounds amazing too. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, he he played. Um, what was what was the young boy's name? Uh, Jim Hawkins. Oh. He nice. he wishbone wishbone played Jim Hawkins. It was. It was amazing. Yep. I love that show. I love that intro. That's my number three. That is a great one. I love that. I wasn't expecting that at all. I didn't even consider it. Didn't even consider it for my own list or any of my honorable mentions, as you can see. Um, but so is it my number two now? Is it is it time for is it time for number two? Because that was your number three. And... That was my number three, so it's time for Ben's number two. <laughs> Dang, yeah, I walked right into that one. Should have known that. Should have known that. So my number two, my second one, is one that almost made it to number one, but it got switched the last minute. Oh, this would be interesting. So it was a really a toss up between these two. I, you know, a lot of times I end up with the top two being decided well. You know, pretty far up in advance, and I kind of figure out the later ones later. But th- these two kind of got swapped, and my number two is none other than that little old thing called Star Wars: The Clone Wars. 
Really? That ended up in your number two spot. It did. I'm I'm very curious as to what number one is now. I'm I'm like I'm racking my brain now. Goodness. But I mean, Clone Wars, and I know as you as you said at the top, you made a very valid point that it's pretty much just derivative of the original Star Wars theme. It's not very original. It's just, and it's really short. But man, does it get me pumped anytime that I mean, that was that was Star Wars for so many years. It that was. was how Star Wars began. It wasn't bad. Da, da, da. It was Clone Wars. It was that theme. Yep. It was like this is this is the galaxy far, far away coming at your face. Like that was it. And we had no idea we're gonna get you know endless amount or at least four or well, five will be at the end of this year, um, new films, um, plus more Clone Wars. We'll hear that theme again, just so you know. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, but just that, it's just so great. And, and the way Kevin Kiner does it, and then going into the whole, you know, the Tom Kane narration, all this kind of stuff, it always gets me pumped. It's one of those shows that, like, I couldn't skip the intro. Even though it's a very short intro, like, I couldn't skip it. You've got to listen to the intro and it just comes at you, and it's always classic. And I always love the credits scene, too. That That's always great, too. you got to listen to the credits. and then They're both short, but they're both classic. Well, and the other thing is you kind of have to watch it in order to see the fortune cookie that predicts what the rest of the show is going to be about. You're right. You're right. And, and to have kind of this miniaturized, essentially the Clone Wars intro is the Star Wars intro. Just a little bit different music. Instead of a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, it's a words of wisdom, just randomized, that relates to the episode itself. And then you have the narration with you know, imagery that is basically a visual representation of the opening crawl on Star Wars films. Yep. It's really brilliant. Also, it's a that whole like the whole narration and the the opening titles is an obvious nod to like the old serials and like Tom Kane's narration is like, you know, you know, tragedy in this or whatever. It's Tom Kane's obviously like drawing on those like forties, like, um, serials and stuff like that, which heavily inspired star Wars to begin with. Right. So it's all, it's a really, it's this kind of modern, modernish take on star Wars, but it's a very much a throwback to like old stuff. I agree. <clears throat> I agree. I mean, Here's the deal. Uh, Kevin Kiner, that's his name, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really bad with names tonight for some reason. I don't know why. So, like, I'm it questioning happens. I'm questioning every name that I try and drop, like, just out of, like, paranoia. Kiner does an amazing job of revisiting what John Williams created and putting his own modern twist on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that I really admire and respect the most out of that work is that he can, he can take something that has been made so iconic for so many years and still find a way to make it his own. I, I respect that a lot. Oh yeah, totally. Okay. I think Kevin Kiner doesn't get enough credit. No, he doesn't. He really doesn't. Um, I feel like, I feel like my number two may be a bit of a given. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think those who I think those who really know me might know what my number two is going to be. Those who have talked to me for longer than five minutes know what my number one is going to be. Yeah. 
But my but my number two is something that's actually recently come into my life. And it's actually turned into what I consider one of the finest pieces of television we could ever have or could ever hope to have. And I know that I'm biased when I say that, but I have a hard time finding anything to complain about this TV show. And that includes the opening theme. So with that, my second favorite TV intro of all time has to be Game of Thrones. not just the music. The music is a big part of that, absolutely. But the other thing that I love is the way that the intro helps establish what's going on in the show. Uh, If you look close enough at it, they'll zoom in on particular parts of the map, which is really intricate, by the way. Like The fact that George R.R. Martin can do this kind of world building is beyond me. But this map is pretty much brought to life and you can tell where the different occupying forces are. If, like, a certain town gets taken over, the sigil that was once there gets taken down and the banners of the new group gets raised. And it especially happens at Winterfell, which is one of the northern locations. It's owned by the Starks at the beginning of the series, and then Theon Greyjoy attacks it, and the Greyjoy sigil is up for a little while. And then the Boltons take it over, and the Boltons' flayed man sigil is there. And so every time something happens in the show, it's like the intro will, like, update itself to let you know what's going on. The music never changes. The cast may change because people die off like flies in that show. (laughs) So the, the list of cast members that they put and the order that they put them in may change. But... The premise is all still there. This is where we are. This is what's going on. This is the music, the important stuff to get you hyped for the rest of the show. And then they pretty much just dive right into it. And because it's an HBO show, there's no commercial breaks. And so the only break in the action that you have for the rest of the for the for the entirety of the show is the intro. You you could blow off the intro and like run to the bathroom real quick if you wanted to, but to in my opinion, you're actually missing a crucial piece of the show. And so music combined with visuals, storytelling, setting the stage. And then one other really cool element is the cast members actually have their house sigil posted next to them in the intro. So Kit Harington, for example, belongs to House Stark. He's got a dire wolf next to his name in the opening credits. Um... What, what's his what's his name? Um, the guy who plays Tyrion. Why can't I think of his name? Peter uh, Dinklage. There you go. Peter Dinklage, who plays Tyrion. He's got a lion next to his because he belongs to the Lannister family. It's like that for every cast member. Amelia Clark's got a dragon next to her name, etc., etc. So when you're trying to figure out who's playing whom, 
you have a clue into it just by looking at their title card and seeing what house they belong to. It's so detailed and intricate and ornate, and yet still just a classic way to bring in such an awesome series. That is my number two. Not my number one, my number two. (laughs) Nice. One of my favorite memories, okay, I haven't watched Game of Thrones, first of all. One of my favorite memories related to Game of Thrones and the Game of Thrones theme is walking down the street in the French Quarter in New Orleans, Louisiana, mm-hmm. and there was a violinist playing that theme. Just like one of the street people. There's people all over the place playing music, and, and I, wow. I caught that one. Da, 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 da. I'm like, hey, I know that. If no, never wow. seen the show. I know that. And she was playing it beautifully. Wow. I don't, I'll confess, I don't carry a whole lot of cash on me, so I don't tip people who play in the street very often. Right. But if I heard that, my wallet would be empty. Yeah. And I'm pretty (laughs) sure, I'm pretty sure there was a moment where, and I I think I tweeted about it, where it was Halloween, and if you go to like big cities, like they're just, especially New Orleans, there's just craziness happening, people walking around in costume, and I'm pretty sure there was... I saw like Daenerys walking down the street with Darth Vader, like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Man, you live in an awesome place. I'm not gonna lie, like to be to be within driving distance of the French Quarter like that, like that's it's, it's pretty wicked. It's pretty wicked. I I I, I I'm not saying I want to live there, but living in a place that's kind of centrally located and with within distance of that. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, it's I mean, a really fascinating area. You're you're actually kind of in like this sweet spot other than being in hurricane country. Like <laughs> yeah. you you live you live far enough south that barbecue is like super iconic. You live close enough to the French Quarter to be able to go there semi-regularly and you live close enough to be able to take a road trip to Atlanta also. Yep. Like that's that's a pretty sweet spot to be in. Uh Nashville's not too far away for you either, is it? Not, not really. But within, I mean, like it's a long drive, but like within a day, you can be there. Like, oh, you know. okay. Well, I mean, I could drive for an entire day and still be in Texas. So, like, like I'm talking about like a day, like you wake up at like when it's still when it's light out, and you could get there before the sun goes down. Like that's my part of a day. Okay. So it's Fair not enough. a terrible drive, but like Mississippi is a long state. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's tall, and if you're driving one, like, driving from here to Memphis is a long haul. It's doable. You can do it in a day, uh, you know, but it's, it's you know, it's a drive. Done it a few times. Well, part so. of it, from what I remember, um, Mississippi doesn't have any interstates down the middle. It's all state highway. You're right. Yeah, there's there's interstate, there's 10, there's 20 going east to west, and then yep. there's Highway 49 going up the middle. Yep. That's it. There's no there's no I think there's there's interstates in in there's seventy five going northeast in Alabama and then there's another interstate on the other side going north towards Alexandria, I think, in Louisiana, but there's nothing in between. Yeah. Yep. I I remember that because I, I took twenty as far as I could and then cut through the middle of the state when I went to go see you guys in uh, twenty fifteen. Uh-huh. And when I peeled off of twenty and started going down what'd you say was forty nine? Forty nine. When I started going down forty nine, the speed limit dropped dramatically. 
Yep. If you come down 49 and it's like, you know, 60 miles per hour at the most, yep. probably closer to 55, and it's rolling hills. You go up and you go down. It's like being on a ship. Like you just go up and you go down. And you, just, you do that for about, you know, 50 miles um, before you get to the coast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Done that a lot of times too. Yep. But it was worth the drive. It was it was worth it to be able to hang out with you guys. That was the first time I ever met you guys was Mississippi in 2015. In that stinking theater. Not stinking. It was it was a nice theater. But it yeah, was a it, nice theater. It was, uh, it was they, that they were, theater. They were, we, they were stingy about my pocket knife, but whatever. Oh, really? They harassed you about that? Yeah, they they told me that because it's a big movie and they, they're not even letting like replica lightsabers in and stuff that I had to go put my pocket knife in my car. Wow. That, so, that, they were weird. If we if I'll tell you what, if we ever do it back where I live, we're not going to that theater. There are nicer theaters now. Um, no, that, so they've 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 built or, or renovated others now? Yes, there's actually a brand spanking new theater right on the beach um that oh, I would love to go to. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're right. getting we're getting off track. <laughs> we here, got though. sidetracked. We we, we we started having a bit of nostalgia and it didn't even relate to the to the T V shows that we're talking about. Uh, I, I kind of want to like have a little drum roll or something. Actually, you know what? I've got a drum roll. If I can just open up my stupid app, where is it? This instant buttons app has been a lifesaver for sound effects. (laughs) If I could just find it, I added a whole lot of new sounds. Like here's, here's one that I'm never going to use on this show. EA sports. It's in the game. (laughs) (laughs) We're never going to talk about that on here. No. No. Uh, Western music turned down for what? Come on, <laughs> where's the drum roll? Da, 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 da. Oh, it's alphabetical, is it? No, it's not. Where the hell did it go? Is it this one? Do I no, that's my own. I could have sworn maybe I only have a rim shot. Oh my gosh. Okay, well I need to find. No, not drum rule. Drum roll. I did two two O's, one L. Oh my gosh. I I am not doing so good tonight. What does this sound like? Eh. What's this one? I like that one. Yeah. That's good. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Ben Hart's number one is... A little show called Firefly. Whoa! What? What? I was Say not. What? I was honestly, I that. Mm, I was not expecting that to be your number one. Really? I really wasn't. I wasn't I'm, expecting it to be either. But when it came down to it, I was like, you know, it's 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 either going to be Clone Wars or this, and I want Clone Wars to be number one. But Firefly is just so damn good. Wow, I couldn't, dude! I couldn't. I could not. <clears throat> wow, dude! That's that's a, that's a that's a very happy surprise, a very very happy surprise. Uh, I know, doing the the Firefly series a couple of years ago was like a really big thing for both of us, and the fact that you like watched and did a commentary on objects in space for us on the show, like it was your first time ever seeing it. Uh-huh. Like, there's a lot of memories affiliated with IPC and Firefly and they're all good ones. I I it's so great. And that theme, man, that theme. I know we've talked to death about it tonight because several people did it. You had it in yours. 
um and it's my number one and it's just it it's this this great song by itself it's a great song if you it heard is. it on the radio i think people just out of context would go hey that's a pretty good song but it's then a little, like it's a little on the short side but it's good it's yeah, very good but then you you get into it and it's just this and it's perfect for a sci-fi western which is exactly what firefly is but it's yep. this you know very westerny thing kind of style of music but it's this very spacey lyrics to it that are directly relating to the show and they mean so much when you listen to it in the context of the show um you know don't take this can't take the sky from me it's the whole shebang there with firefly and yep. it's it's just it's just brilliant i don't know who actually does it but it's 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 great music and it, the way it ties in with all like the regular like scoring for each episode and how they do all that the whole i mean a lot of things about Firefly are superb, but the music is really spot on. So apparently, uh, the main title for Firefly was sung by an artist named Sonny Rhodes. Huh. Wow. The Ballad of Serenity is what it's called. Wow. It's a great one. That's a perfect it's, name. It's a, it's a really... And, and it kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier, about ballads being the thing that kind of introduces television for us that may have been the thing that kind of drew in that particular demographic was it reminded them of the way tv shows were introduced you know a long time ago yeah yes it's it's a great one it's got great visual components like i mentioned with the with the flames and the titles and it's got great audio components and fun fact we have actually pulled uh, a little bit of, of firefly into uh, another segment that we do here on the show. I'm not going to tell you what because of copyright <laughs> purposes, but uh, Firefly is very deeply ingrained in what we do here at IPC, and it's mm-hmm. a very beloved franchise. Cannot recommend it enough. I'm looking at you, George. You said in the chat, I've never seen Firefly or Serenity. Uh, highly recommend that you give it a shot, dude. And then uh, it's when only you 13 do, episodes. It's a quick watch. And then when you do. Uh, go have a listen to our episodes of it that we've discussed here on the IPC podcast and uh, tell us what you think of our commentaries. We may have to revisit it sometime. Who knows? Because uh, eventually good. you end up forgetting what you say. Yeah. Like you end up forgetting, okay, what did I say about this? What did I say about this? What were my thoughts on this? And who knows? Maybe our thoughts on it will change over time. Maybe we'll think this is the best episode instead of this is the best episode. Although it's kind of hard to top the train job, isn't it? it <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, there well, okay, so George is asking is there only one season? Uh we have reason to believe that elements of season 2 were snuck in there before the series was canceled. Yeah, you'll have to go back and actually listen to our things. We have a big theory about how season 2 of Firefly actually exists. It's just not how you think. It's just um, not labeled season 2. It's not quite there, but yes, in the literal sense there is only one 13 episode season. And then Serenity makes, like, 14 stories that are told, not including, like, the comics and online stuff that they do. But, right. yes, it's it's a it's a very quick watch, and it makes you very sad when it's over because you wish there were, like, seven seasons of it. <laughs> totally. Oh, well. Oh, well. That's a, that's a really great – that's a really great one, dude. I, I do love that show. But there is a show that I love a little bit more than Firefly. I wonder what that could be. I mean, I, I'm sure I've had everybody on the edge of their seats just wondering what this could be. 
Uh, I know I haven't left Joey Mays in suspense, Jake Damon, or you, Ben. I, I know those people that really, really know me. They're not in suspense. They're not surprised by this selection at all. And uh, it, it's it, it's just become a part of who I am, dude. And I don't really have any other way to explain it. Like, I've had periods of just a super busy life where I don't get to hang out with people in person as much as I would like. And so I come home, it's the end of the day, it's 11, midnight, whatever. I'm tired, but not tired enough to go to sleep yet. I put on this show, and I listen to this opening theme, and it feels like I'm home. I don't really have any other way to describe it. Um, this this show and, and the theme from this show have gotten me through some really tough times, some really lonely times. And the name of the show is very appropriate, because whenever I watch it, I feel like I am hanging out with friends. <laughs> I'll be there for you by the Rembrandts is the full version. So if you look it up on YouTube and you look up the Rembrandts, I'll be there for you. They've actually got a full version that's longer than the 45 seconds that you hear at the beginning of an episode. And it's a pretty cool song. It's a pretty jamming song, but they, they sung like a special version for the TV show. And that TV show and that theme are some of my favorite things in the whole world. I watch Game of Thrones for the amazing storyline and the choreography and the cinematic quality of it. But honestly, if I had to pick one show that I would never, ever get tired of that I could watch time and time and time again, it would be Friends. It's got 10 seasons, over 200 episodes to choose from. It's just an amazing, amazing show. One of my favorites of all time and definitely my favorite theme of all time. It, I, I listen to it and I'm home. Yeah, I heard like it got so popular from the show that they came back and made a full version of it, like a radio version of the song, because it was just that good and that popular, which obviously it is because it's a great song. I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched a full episode of Friends. Oh, man. But that song gets stuck in my head regularly. Well, that may be something that we have to do sometime is just sit you down and have you watch one 20-something-odd-minute episode of Friends and just get your thoughts and reactions from it. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Here, here's the deal. When we did our uh, viewing of Avengers last week, it's gotten some really positive uh, results. People really enjoyed us doing that. So that may be something that we need to do uh, again sometime soon. And uh, who knows what it could be. We could we could do something where we like each pick an episode of a TV show and force the other one to watch it. <laughs> like you, yes. you could you could you could finally coerce me into watching an episode of Timeless and I coerce you into an episode of Friends or something. Like I that. have I have the perfect episode of Timeless to watch what I consider some one of the best episodes of TV ever. And I have a similar episode of Friends that I would be interested in showing you. This may be something that we need to do. This this could be interesting. Would be great. Would well, be great. So here's the thing, dude. I, uh, it's really kind of convenient 
that both of our number ones ended up being themes that have lyrics to them. <laughs> because we talked about what would we do for a quote of the night? And then it struck me. We've been talking about themes all night. Maybe it's time people actually got to listen to some of the, the music that we enjoy. Yeah. It's our show, damn it. As, as much as we enjoyed everything that you sent to us, at the end of the day, it's our show. So yeah, totally. what we're, what we're going to do for our quote of the nights tonight is we're actually going to play those songs for you. Um, I don't know in what order. Ben is the DJ tonight. Doesn't really matter. It's the Friends and Firefly themes. Our number ones out of our top fives for you tonight. It probably won't take more than two minutes to play both of them back to back. But they are both iconic for different reasons, both awesome for different reasons, and you get to enjoy both of them here tonight. It's a double dose of Quote of the Night.
Well, dude, I am a huge fan of Firefly. It's the, it's one, it's the one thing that ended up on both of our lists, just in different numbers. So I'm glad we got to listen to that, and uh, thank you for humoring me and playing my favorite theme as well. Uh, uh, I, I could listen to both of those all night, to be quite honest. So it, it was, it was no apologies necessary. I, I saw this funny meme one time that's actually fairly relatable. Um, my mom, it, the, 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 the caption of the, of the meme reads, uh, mom to son, she's like, you were watching Friends all night last night, weren't you? And the son's like, no, dot, dot, dot. How did you know? Question, like, and then the mom says, because you clapped your hands every 25 minutes. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that is good. Oh, man, I... I love I love both of those shows, and I love the next segment that we get to talk about. Um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one because we really haven't talked about this particular element in a long time, and I'm really curious to see where it goes. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again. Get out your hashtags and put them on all the different places you can put a hashtag. Uh, George, you're the only one listening live with us tonight, so uh, put it in the chat. If you ever listen live on channel1138.com, then please be sure to join our chat. We would love to hang out with you live sometime. But if you're only listening through iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, StarWarsUnderworld.com, Podbean, whatever you do, then go put it on social media because we do periodically check in there as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, everything else in between. 
It is time, one more time, for hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. 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 Yeehaw. Okay, I gotta be honest with you. When I saw you put this in the notes, <laughs> I literally had like a bout of nostalgia about my own damn podcast. Yeah. And that's a really weird thing to say that we've been on the air long enough to have nostalgia about our own show. <laughs> because this very. Is the, this is the 223rd episode. Jeez Louise. 223. That's crazy. Just crazy. So very early on, like within the first 50 episodes of IPC, we had this bright idea to come up with a TV series, a half-hour sitcom, if I remember correctly, Mm -hmm. about two dudes who run a barbecue restaurant. And eventually we put them on on a truck, didn't we? Yeah, I think it was a. I think it, it evolved into a food truck. It, it like evolved to the point where these two guys were on a food truck traveling the country and trying to like distribute their barbecue to the entire United States. And the interesting thing was, we had a really, really good tandem that were playing off of each other. Like to this day, I would still love to see these two guys in a sitcom. I know yeah. that they're both too busy to actually do it, but oh my gosh, how amazing would it be? We had a a tandem of Chris Pratt and David Tennant. That's playing, a cast, man. Playing the two guys that owned a, a barbecue food truck. Like, like Tennant would be the grouchy straight man, and uh, and and Pratt would be like the 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 flamboyant and and, and Andy Dwyer like extrovert that's trying to get people's attention and get them to come to the truck and stuff. And tenants just kind of in the back and like working and trying to to make sure that they have all the supplies they need that they're getting to their places on time. It's almost like the Odd Couple meets Parks and Rec, like to a certain degree. So then, the question comes up with with this particular theme that we're going with tonight of of, of TV themes and intros and such mm-hmm. like that. What would be an appropriate introduction to this show? Something that sets the tone and gets you excited about what you're about to watch, but also feels very barbecue related. Is it a particular song? Is it instrumentals? Is it an original composition? Is it our own BBQ watch theme that we came up with? What's the best choice for this BBQ TV show? I feel like the best thing would be to get someone somehow some way to take our quote of the night the firefly theme and the friends theme and somehow cross them over into one song somehow have the the tempo and the beat and the of that but with this country flair of the firefly theme okay 
So it's it's like upbeat, contemporary, friendly and inviting, but has like a southern twang to it. Yeah, exactly. What would the words to that be? Would it be like an original composition? Don't take the barbecue from me. Oh gosh. <laughs> you saw that you should have saw that coming i should have and i didn't it's getting late that got really blindsided me more than it should have i'm sorry uh, it's, it, that's why i said that because it's getting late it is getting um, late but, it is getting uh, late I, I i agree with you though i i think it needs to be like contemporary but it needs to have words it needs to to like bring people in and be catchy and who knows maybe even get like Tennant and Pratt to sing the lyrics. Yes, because Pratt can sing, and probably Pratt, Tennant too. Pratt and Tennant can both sing, and to have them playing off of each other like that. I mean, there's plenty of TV series where like the the stars of the show are also bringing in the in the theme, like the intro theme. Ha, it's, have you, it's not unheard of. Have you heard about Tennant's new podcast? Tennant has a new podcast. It's called. Dennett, David Tennant does a podcast with. That's the name of the show. And he brings in guests every episode. Yes, and he's got people like Kristen, uh, uh, Kristen Ritter, and like Doctor Who people. It's I cannot wait. I, I think maybe there's a first episode out already. I'm not sure, but it sounds amazing. You know what Spotify is working on right now? What? I don't. I don't know if it's been released yet, but they are working on a Ron Burgundy podcast with Will Ferrell. Oh, gosh. That, and he's going to be doing it in character probably, right? Oh, absolutely. That oh, absolutely. He's going he's gonna to be doing basically voice work of, of Ron Burgundy hosting a podcast. That sounds amazing. Yeah, now all we need is, uh, all we need is Chris Pratt to do a podcast. I mean – it's not outside the realm of possibility, that's for I sure. I mean, he almost does it. Like, he did a video the other day where he was, like, he was playing with all Lego minifigures of himself and voicing <laughs> them. Did you see this? <laughs> I didn't, but I want oh, to. Oh, it's... Uh, they're, they're, they're all treasures, but Pratt especially is a is a national treasure. He really is. And I'm, I'm and, very... And please call us, Netflix, so we can cast him. Oh, man, I... I could totally see this as a Netflix original series. You know what else it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, Chef with John Favreau. Yes, because absolutely. he own, he 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 owns and runs a food truck in that, and he's got I a would, lot of I mean, really it, awesome it, guest stars. Favreau would be my first choice to be so, showrunner oh, when he's dude. done with Mandalorian. When he's done with the Mandalorian, when he's done with the Lion King, when he's done being all Mister Popular, uh, he's also in Spider Man Far From Home. Yeah, so, he's got a starring role because uh, maybe Tony Stark is dead. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Um, but yeah, Happy Hogan is uh, taking up that role. I mean, he's he's in great demand right now, and I'm I couldn't be happier for him. Yeah, he's so. literally everywhere. You saw him the other day. He was on uh, uh, he's on the set of The Mandalorian, hanging out with Elon Musk. Like the dude is the most popular man in the world right now. I remember, I remember times when Wayne Knight was the most popular man of the world. Back he in the still is. He back still in the 1990s, dude. Back in the 90s, though, that man was the voice of Al from Toy Story 2. Yeah, he was Stan Podolak from Space Jam. He was Dennis Nedry from Jurassic Park. He was Newman 
on Seinfeld. If the 90s could be personified and put into the form of a human being, it would be Wayne Knight. It absolutely would be Wayne he Knight. He's the he king was, of the 90s. He was he was Officer Don on Third Rock from the Sun. Wow. Like that dude I wonder whatever happened to him. I would love He's, to catch up with Wayne Knight. He was on a Knight. sitcom not too long ago. He's still around. I would love to catch up with Wayne Knight and just talk to him about his career sometime. But that's going to have to happen on a different episode of the IPC Podcast. A reminder to go find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IPC Podcast. Follow us personally on social media. You can find Ben at Ben Hart with no E. Just spell it out phonetically. You can find me online at Zach, Z-A-C underscore D-F. W. You can also find previous episodes on iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, Podbean, and StarWarsUnderworld.com. They are proud partners of the IPC Podcast. Our primary place, as I mentioned, is IPCPodcast.Podbean.com. And we also have swag available now. We've got a BBQ Watch section. We've got our IPC Planet and our Intergalactic Peace Planet available in a variety of different things. Everything from totes to coffee mugs to t-shirts to hoodies. Go find all of it at tpublic, T-E-E-public.com forward slash user forward slash IPC podcast. Uh, If we get some more patrons available onto our, uh, our patron program, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we may actually be giving away stuff from that T Public merch store. So there's a lot of stuff in the works, and I'm not going to give away what all of them are. But be sure to stay involved with everything that we've got going on throughout the course of the week. We do a lot of discussions and posts and promos and stuff outside of our weekly episodes. So be sure to connect with us and keep up with everything that's going on outside of our regular episodes. Indeed. And also, guys... Be on the lookout for next week's episode. It's going to be a banger, and it's going to be one that, uh, of course, the Super Bowl is coming up. And I think mm-hmm. you guys know what we do after the Super Bowl. So, That's very true. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And also, may I, I hope your team wins or doesn't win. <laughs> I hope the team you're rooting against. I feel like I feel like there's more people rooting against one team or the other than there is rooting for a team in this year's Super Bowl. But whatever it is, I hope it works out in your favor. I am rooting for excellent commercial breaks. My potty breaks are going to be happening during the game. I'm be, telling you, there'll be there'll be just as much crap happening on the field as there will be during my potty breaks. I'll put it that way. <laughs> oh man, yep. Let me see what we got here. We've got a, a rather urgent uh, transmission here from our, our friend George. He submitted a lot of different things over the course of the evening, but um, I, 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 I don't know if he actually gave us like a complete five. I'm trying to see if I can oh. find out because he's been with us the whole night and I feel like he, he deserves a, a proper shout out. So uh, he said, if I had a top five, one of mine would be the opening and closing themes to The Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Incredible Hulk. Sad music. Classic. Sad music. The classic one, though. It's classic, though. Um, let me see. He he listed another one or two, I believe. Let me see if I can find them. Uh, Mid-90s Transformers cartoon. Okay, that's when we were talking about... Uh, one of Dan's shows. 
Uh, let me see. Estelle Getty, Lucille Ball, Russell Johnson, who was, he played the professor. Russell Johnson played the professor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let me see. If I had a top five, it would be The Incredible Hulk. So here's the thing. I admittedly have not seen The Incredible Hulk. Really? I, I've seen plenty of promos for it. And I, I've seen it on different streaming platforms over various times. But I actually have not gotten into it. I uh, I will say, I will say, quick review of the incre- the original Credible Hulk TV show. It is okay in places, and it's bad in other places. Really? Like some of the worst TV I've ever seen in my life, to be honest. Wow. Like, there's a one episode that I sat through. I don't even know why I sat through it, but it was like he got – he fell in love with some woman then got married and then something happened to her and it just – it drug on. And he just – like, he just destroyed a house for, like, no reason. I, don't, I can't remember. It was, it's just, like, images that I have from it. It was bad. It was like a it, – yeah. It's, it's not, there's other times where, like, most of the time it's like – you know, kind of this drama. He's on the run, and it's pretty good because, like, there's le- there's at least one time in the episode where he bangs his hand on something, and then of course the green eyes come out and he he wrecks the place. But uh, you know, it's it's very different from modern Hulk, but it's 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 a nice little time capsule of what Hulk was way back in the day. Well, and it's from the seventies, from what I can see here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Five seasons. Who starred in it? Bill Bixby, I believe. Bill Bixby. Wow. Yeah, they they touch on gamma radiation. David Bruce Banner, MD, PhD. Yeah, it's funny. They, which is something we don't have in the MCU currently, but they do. I've seen the episode where he gets his powers, and it, it it's he's literally changing a flat on the side of the road when he figures out that he's the Hulk. Dr. David Banner, physician, scientist, searching for a way to tap into the hidden strengths that all humans have. Then an accidental overdose of gamma radiation alters his body chemistry. And now, when David Banner grows angry or outraged, a startling metamorphosis occurs. The creature is driven by rage and pursued by an investigative reporter. The creature is wanted for a murder he didn't commit. David Banner is believed to be dead, and he must let the world think that he is dead until he can find a way to control the raging spirit that dwells within him. That's a that's a pretty cool opening narration. I wish Tom Kane would be able to do that. Yes. Totally. Bill Bixby, Lou Ferrigno as Hulk, mm-hmm. Jack Colvin, Ted Cassidy, and Charles Napier as co-stars. So from 1978 to 1982, that was what Marvel TV looked like. Yeah. yeah. Compared to compared to Agents of Shield, which is what we currently get now. Yes. And uh, nothing else apparently. Really? Was <laughs> that like the only thing everything we got? else? Really? How? Well, I guess you have you have the Runaways. I haven't gotten into that. Um. um and what there's... is it? What is that? The, is that is that the Hulu TV show? Yes, that's the Hulu TV show. Which okay. I have Hulu. I should watch it, but I don't. What about the What about the Gifted? Is that still going on? Um, that is, but it's not MCU. Well, is the Runaways MCU? Yeah. Really, Runaways, Runaways is in the MCU. Oh my gosh! Yeah, 
which is surprising because I normally try to keep up with everything in the MCU, but I haven't got to that yet. I watched the first few episodes, and it really didn't do much for me, honestly. Yeah. There was a ton of product placement for Lyft, which was kind of annoying. <laughs> Gotta love that. I mean, but... it's it's fine when it's not overt, but it was very over the top. Yeah. But, oh well. Thank you to George for listening with us as long as he did. Uh, some technical difficulties forced us to go over three hours live tonight. Uh, it'll be severely cut down for those of you listening on iTunes. But whether you're listening live or listening through another device, just want to thank you all for joining us for another awesome episode of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. Ben, unless you've got anything else, I'm ready to call it a night. I yeah I think I think we covered everything I think we hit it and we hit it hard and thanks so much everyone for submitting your list this is always a ton of fun and a pleasure to uh, hear from you guys and uh, get your top five lists and I think uh, you know based on your reactions um, you guys enjoy this as much as we do so I so I'm looking forward to doing another one in the very near future. As am I. We're going to try and do these as regularly as possible because we know just how much you enjoy them. We hope that you will enjoy next week's episode, as Ben alluded to, referring to uh, something related to the Super Bowl. We'll get to that next week, though. For this week, I think we're going to call it a night. Episode 223 is now officially in the books. For Benjamin Hart, I'm Zach Arnold. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll tune in next time. But until then, we just want to leave you with this closing thought. Without humility, courage is a dangerous game. We hope that you all have the courage to join us next week on IPC. But until then, good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>